Welcome to Roll With Adventure, a Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition podcast that transports you through the magic of imagination from our world to the far-off world of Ibris, a land full of heroes and villains, the evil and the divine, monsters and miracles, and, of course, magic. We are delighted to bring you this adventure from our imaginations to your ears. If you like what you hear, please subscribe for future episodes and follow us on social media. If you want to learn more about us and this podcast, please visit us at RollWithAdventure.com. And now, let's listen as our heroes roll with adventure. Welcome to episode 16 of Roll With Adventures campaign of Shadows and Bliss. My name is Cass, and I'm the dungeon master for this ragtag band of heroes. And today our journey into this tale of adventure, intrigue, secrets, and magic across the world of Ibris continues. This episode continues during the mid-afternoon of Scalum, the second of Lyonne, in the year 1083 PR, deep within the Darkling Forest, where our heroes stand before an overgrown building they have just discovered. What secrets may it hide? Now, before we dive into the situation, let's meet our band of heroes. To decide the order of introduction, let's roll player initiative, not character. And remember, here, we roll with adventure. So, how dexterous or not have each of you been this past week? I baked five different types of cookies and I doubled the batch on each of them so I did a lot of baking um, and it took some coordination of like putting the cookie dough on the tray while other cookie dough was in the oven and taking stuff out and cooling it while I was anyway it was a lot of multitasking and I feel like I am going to take a plus two dexterity for doing that not burning any cookies not burning myself while I was eating this weekend I was having a burrito full of spicy, and I managed to nuclear clear my sinuses with burrito spice, um, which was which ordinary, which was already like a minus one. Then somehow tonight, while eating dinner, I managed to repeat the trick with less spicy food. Um, so I'm going to take a penalty of minus two <laughs> for for uh, c- consummate lack of dexterity. During uh, last weekend, my younger sibling and roommate uh, requested a pen, so I, I hurled it at them, because walking over there would be a chore, and managed to get it into their empty cup from across the room. So I'm going to go ahead and give myself a positive. Yeah, because I was definitely intentional, 100%. <laughs> Absolutely not an accident. Amazing. I managed to keep five toddlers under five years old alive today, and I think that deserves a plus one. That's a lot of chaos. Yeah. Well... Let's see what you guys roll. I rolled a two, so I have a zero. I rolled a six, so an eight. I rolled a nat 20, which I really wish my dice would have saved for later. I have 13. Hello, my name's Allie. I'm playing Quarry Anaclathi Bostukface, a Goliath paladin. The followers of Soul of the Abbey of Truce's Solace focus on healing, and that is where Quarry learned the majority of their field medic skills. Hello, I'm Sasha. I play Faileth, the half-elven bard who was raised by and can speak to ghosts. Uh, and my fun Faileth fact 
today. Hey, that rhymes. Or I guess it doesn't rhyme. Is alliterative. My fun faileth fact is that uh, faileth once spent six months living in a swamp and is convinced that she speaks toad. My name is David, and I play Jovan, a human scholar. Jovan didn't learn any card games until he was already nearly 20 years old. And after that, he didn't win a card game for a full year until he realized that the person who had taught him and the only person he played with was a compulsive cheater and won fair and square anyways. Last and definitely least, uh, I am Brian, uh, at MindOverBrian on Twitter and on Twitch, although on Twitch I spell it with a zero. And I play Melian Barebone, the changeling barbarian who typically appears to be a bearded half-elven young man with a noticeable scar running across his cheek from his upper lip to his right ear. Um, and an interesting fact about Melian was that uh, he sometimes regrets having chosen a half-elf as his base form, or as the form he sort of sits in a lot, because people assume he can see in the dark, <laughs> and he can't. Now that everyone has introduced themselves, let's get this adventure rolling. And remember, here, we roll with adventure. Deep in the Darkling Forest, a considerable walk from the clearing with the stump. You have come to what appears to be overgrown ruins. A single-story building made of stone in an architectural style that you have not seen here. That none of you have ever seen, actually. Overgrown with ivy and with entire trees growing up and through the roofs. Though, a bit behind it, you do think that perhaps what may have been, or what may still be, a tower rises in the corner of this ruin. What are you guys going to do at this structure? This can't I mean... be the... Go ahead. No, no, you're fine. This can't be the bandit camp. We didn't find the twin stones that we're supposed to walk through. Though we should still tread carefully. There may be... This might be a way point. It's not in the riddle, so we should just go back and try again, right? It does seem like a bit of a... If it were on the way, it would probably be mentioned. I think. I believe this might be a blue carp. Uh, a what? A blue carp. A blue... I'm afraid I'm not familiar with the term. Uh, a clue that means nothing. Oh. Ah! thought it was a purple anglerfish. Regardless. You don't, I mean, there are no sentries posted, no bandits around, so it's very unlikely that their um, camp is within these walls. Hmm. Yeah, unlikely. I'd rather hope for sentries, actually. But... Hmm. Worth investigating? Or should we head back and simply choose another direction? I agree with Faileth that we should return to the stump and 
try again. I trust your wisdom. Ah, that, but... That is an absolutely terrible mistake. May, may I make a suggestion? I don't know that we should investigate the full extent of whatever these runes are, but there is a tower, and perhaps if we were to gain some height, we would be able to see further in the forest and perhaps find our way that way. Cass, am I able to evaluate how likely we are to make it to the top of the tower without it falling down? Um, sorry, that was a word salad. Would I be able to use my um, background feature to be able to tell if we are the tower is likely to collapse if we were to try to climb it? Uh, so, due to the amount of uh overgrowth on the outside of it and mm -hmm. the side of the building that you are standing on you'd either have to go around the building to the other side to look at the outside of the tower or go inside the building before you mm -hmm. can make such an assessment my experience with buildings with this kind of overgrowth is that the interior will be worse it might be navigatable there's tricks perhaps someone as heavy as myself should not test it, but um... You will not go. send up Faileth. No, I, I would... Go. I'm little! I was thinking more if Yovan thought he had tricks that would allow him to safely um, traverse his way that perhaps he would be willing to go. Alright. Um, what time of day... What, ti what time of day is it? Mid-afternoon. Okay. We're going to have to camp in the clearing again. <laughs> Maybe we'll camp here. It's worth a try. Let's go take a look. Yovan's going to quietly make his way around the building. So you appear to be coming at it from a side where there's a bit of the wall has crumbled. You could theoretically go around the building to try and find perhaps where the original door once was. Or you could climb up. Uh, through this broken wall on the side. I'll climb up to the broken wall. Okay. Uh, knowing that it's going to take a while, uh, Melian pulls out some field rations and a little uh, greasy bag. And it's like, Faileth, I still have some cookie left. <gasps> you do? Yes, you have been very well behaved. Please take this cookie. She takes it and is very, very happy. She immediately sits on the ground and begins eating it. So, Jovan, you you climb up. You you get to the edge of the building and you, you climb up over the stone that's fallen and the, the vines and roots that have come through this area. And you climb up into a room that is a 25 feet by 25 feet and appears to have a crumbling wall on the left that goes into a smaller room and what and an archway that you can see light coming from so likely actually out the front door and then there are two doors they look weathered and quite old on the right hand side the far wall of this room that you are in though looks like it is covered in thick ivy except for some small patches that look like they might have a bit of carving or notation under them. The doors, have they been used recently at all? Can you give me an investigate check? I'd be happy to. 
Uh, so that's going to be a 13. Let me just check my modifier real quick. So that's going to be a 19. Looking about, on the outside, it doesn't look like anyone's been through here. But then you start to notice there are small little things. Someone definitely comes through here, and regularly. Jovan's going to take the opportunity to dip back to the... Uh the others alright well good news or bad news depends where your perspective's sitting this uh people have been through here recently frequently they've been making a point to cover the tracks to be careful but we might not be alone there hmm uh, while I was in there, did I get an idea for the integrity of the building? It feels strong. Like, okay. even though it may be getting overgrown, if anything, nature is holding it together, not tearing it apart. I reckon you'd be safe to move through it, Quarry. Though there's some nasty-looking vines I'd like uh, Melian's opinion on before I start wading through them. I will happily accompany you. Right. I am happy to take a look at some vines. I have uh, crawled through a couple that I haven't before and regretted it for days, so... Melian's going, that means I get to come, right? The alternative would be leaving you here alone. I don't think Melian would want that. Indeed not. Yay! I'm very excited about taking a look at these vines with a minus one to my nature check. Quarry, uh, even though not asked, is also interested in taking a look at the vines because they have this list from the uh, herbalist's assistant and they are curious to see if they can find anything else. Are you going to go around the building to that archway that you saw or are you all going to climb up through the same way Yovin went? I mean, I guess we'll follow Yovan, whatever way Yovan goes. He already knows where the footholds are, so we're coming through the side of the building again. Excellent. Yeah. So you come in once more to a 25 foot by 25 foot room. The wall you've come through is crumbling but standing in some sections. Uh, most of the far side of the room, the walls are covered in thick ivy. Uh, though in small patches you can see what almost might look like a, a mural or carvings or notations of some kind in the rock that makes up that far wall. The ceiling above is broken in a few places, allowing shafts of light to fall down through it. What are we looking for? The door's over there, and you open all nods. Um, might be folks on the other side, or there has been recently, I don't know if they're still here. I watch your foot for traps. If they're taking care to not leave trace, they're likely trying to prevent people from finding their way in here. Sorry, I just had this mental image of Melian being like, oh, wait, sweet, there's people in here? Draws his sword and then, like, combat rolls over the door and kicks it open. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely no prudence. So that's what I do. So I draw my sword, and then I 
combat roll over on my shoulder until I'm standing right in front of the door and then I kick it open with like a ha! Um, Melian? You kick the door open and Corey scrambles to draw their weapon. In the other room across, uh, in the, you kick, so are you kicking the left door open or the right door open? Wait, there are two doors? Yeah, there are two doors on the same side of the room. Are they double doors, or are nope. they, like, separate doors? Uh, okay, so it's, like, there is a five-foot wall of stone between which, the two doors. Okay, so which door did... Whatever door uh, Jovan indicated was the door that he thought people might be behind. That's the oh, door I kicked He pointed open. at both. I indicated the wall. <laughs> In which case, whichever door was closest to me is the door that I kick open. <laughs> okay, so you kick open a door, and the other room is filled with light... You can see that there are a couple pillars holding up a bit more of the room here, and there's a large tree growing up in one corner. There appears to be steps going down and steps going up into what presumably might be the tower. And in the center of this room is a small cook fire. Like a lit fire? It is not smoking. But it is burning. There are flames? I can see flames? No, no. Uh, There are no flames. So it's just embers. Or it's like cold, a, a cook fire that was used but is not currently in use. Not close enough to tell. Oh. Uh, Melian's shoulders slump when he sees there's no one in there. And he, there's no one in here. Corey's warily looking at the other door to see if anybody's going to come out in response to the commotion. Melian, if you look, the other door is just another door into this room. It seems both doors lead into this room, though. Well, that's mm. poor planning. <laughs> Jovan will uh, duck in behind Melian and take a look up the stairs you may first want to assess the fire if you think there are uh, recent oh excuse me if you think there are recent uh, I, I want to say occupiers that's not the word I want occupants? sure that's the one sure Jovan will take a moment and Investigate the fire. See if it's be- how recently it was used. Uh, give me an investigation check. Hmm, cool. less good. Uh, seven. So it's still uh, thirteen. So you you put your hand down by it, and it feels like there's a little bit of warmth there. So probably a couple hours old. It's been used today. Probably this morning. One thing I will note is you it doesn't look like the fire burned down. And it doesn't look like water was put on top of it either. It was put out, but without water. Might be magic users. Or they might have just um Do you think they know my trick? Melly and cocks his eyebrow, waiting for the explanation that isn't magic of how to snuff a fire without putting a fire, putting water on it, I'm, I'm or letting it burn of, down. Like, I'm, I'm trying to think of the the word uh, you use them for, like candles. You basically just like put it over top, and it snuffs out all the oxygen. Oh, um, um, snuff, snuff. Right. Yeah, but there's like a, a snuffer, right? Is it just called oh, a snuffer? That's a yeah, terribly unsatisfying so. name. Might have just suffocated it somehow. Uh, fireproof cloth or something. I've, I've seen a couple. But... Do you want me to light it? No, no. I don't think I used Google. Be... Uh, candle snuffer, candle extinguisher, or 
I think that says Duder. A Duder. <laughs> D-O-U-T-E-R. I mean, it can't be Doubter because that'd be spelled with a B. So it's ab- absolutely a Duder. They might have used a Duder. Uh, it says 100% serious. <laughs> Glorious. Um, if you want to keep an eye to the stairs down, make sure there's nothing going to jump up behind us. I'm going to see if I can make it to the top of this tower. Get that vantage that Corey was talking about. Indeed, I will watch the stairs towards the basement. (laughs) And then Melian locks his eyes on them and just stares. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Jovan will will take a look uh, up the tower. Might be easier to climb the outside than the inside, I don't know. So you go up, uh, Mm -hmm. and you take a few steps up into the main area of the tower, and you can see that this room has been cleared. There isn't any vegetation or plant growth here, and there's a very well-to-do ladder. Ladder's very wealthy? There's a very... Uh, it's well-dressed. It has a little bows at each rung. It's got a little top hat on one of its rungs. Cass is really tired. There's a word that I wanted, but I couldn't say it. And Do you so mean I'm... well-made? Was it a well-made ladder? Yes. Thank well-maintained? You. Cared for? Yeah, just, just like, there's a ladder that does not look as old as this building. Can... Can you sneak up a ladder? I'd go a bit quietly. quietly. Test Would each rung like to, to make sure it doesn't squeak. Stealth? Sure, yeah. Uh, 17, so uh, dirty 20. So you slowly move up the ladder. And you come to a room as you stick your head up into the next that is covered in ivy. There's another ladder on the other side that goes up one more level and it looks like there is no ivy up there hanging down. Using his mage hand he's going to just see if he can just push some of the ivy away in the middle of the room see if there's any reaction from it. He might be a little bit paranoid about the plants in this forest but (laughs) the ivy does not react. Not to break up the action, but Quarry's probably looking at the plants that are whatever's growing around in the rooms. Uh, so back in the room that you guys came in? Mm-hmm. You don't have to address it now, but... Okay. Please remind me before we move on too far. Sounds good. Before anyone goes downstairs. Oh, okay. Yeah, you'll to make a point to, to push all the ivy out of the way, and then sneak his way over to the other ladder and continue so his way it will, it will take you a decent amount of time like this is it is really thick and covered in ivy hmm. and the ivy is growing up the other ladder so this was a clean ladder coming up into is there anything else in the room or is it just ivy and the other ladder it is just ivy and the other ladder but I will note that the other ladder is as well made and new as the one you're currently climbing up so why is there ivy on that one Jovan will make his way across the ladder and try to keep his eye out for like anything in the room that seems unusual while he does so. Um, and also very carefully watching his step. Okay, can you give me a dexterity acrobatics check? Sure. Because I feel like you're sort of you wouldn't be able to clear away a huge amount with your mage hand 
because of the weight limits that it has, you'd be yeah. able to really sort of push it aside a bit so you'd be able to step delicately. That's fair. Um, so I rolled a 10, so that'd be a 13, but I'm going to go ahead and use uh, Excellence to add a d4 to that roll. Mm, yeah, just a single d4. Uh, and 3. So that's going to go up to 16. Okay. Uh, so you can make it all the way to the other ladder. Okay. But this ladder is covered in the same ivy. Does that make things easier or more difficult? Would you like to touch the ivy? Uh, he's going to have to. Okay. Please give me a constitution saving throw. Ah, oh, I knew this was coming. Uh, oh, thankfully my constitution. Oh, that's that's Jovan's thing. Is it so good? It is incredible. Um. Oh, well, it might be shit, but my dice are all right. Fifteen. Uh, you touch the ivy, and when you pull your hand away, you see an imprint of the leaf on you. And then you start to sweat. You have the poisoned condition. <laughs> For right. the next eight hours. Alright, fair. Um, he's going to very carefully, maybe not so worried about stealth, make his way back to the group. Though I will say, when you were at that ladder, mm -hmm. looking up, you saw shelves that were stocked with bottles as well as what looked like maybe bushels of herbs hanging down. Druidy stuff. You could assume so. Alright. Yeah, he'll make his way back to the group. Ladder's been used recently. It's uh, traveled up and down. There's somebody occupying the second floor. We've got uh, shelves of herbs and potions. I didn't see a good look on it. There's uh, some nasty ivy growing up on that second ladder. And he'll sort of just flash his hand. Oh, it's uh, miserable stuff. God, I hate this forest. Can I take a look at Jovan's hand? He won't resist. Okay, can I do like a, a medicine check or something to see if I know of any... Give me a medicine check. Way to help him out, maybe? While Quarry's doing that, Melly left. Did you confirm that there was no one else up there? No, I didn't make it all the way up. Uh, that second ladder is covered in the stuff that did this. And that was just lightly touching it. I'd need to take some time to cut it all down. There's no way that we we're going to do that quietly. I rolled another 20, so that's <laughs> 23. This looks like some really nasty, maybe slightly magical poison ivy. Mm -hmm. Are you gonna leaf through the flora Are you gonna and leaf fauna through? book? <laughs> um, the flora book. Yeah, I guess. I mean, um, Jovan, perhaps we could look in the book to see if we can identify a remedy for what ails you. Uh, I'd be, I'd be all for it. Uh, did Jovan have the book most recently, or? Yeah, I think Corey gave the book to Jovan to carry because Corey's not a book person. Uh. Jovan will uh, pull it out so that uh, the both of us can read through it together. Uh, Melian says, do, do we have a vested interest in retaining this tower? I think it might be the druid that we're looking for. Or friends Hold of his. Hold the torch out. <laughs> Bailiff, if you would do the honors. <gasps> we're burning it down? Do we well, want... I have thought to burn the... the first burn the ivy away. 
and then climb. No, there's ladders that are made of wood, Burn and the, the second floor is all shelves with herbs. Whole thing will go up. Indeed, but the wall is made of stone, and I am quite tall. Faileth has just uh, lit the ivy on fire because she was. Told uh, she was no, <laughs> no. Uh, stop, stop, Faileth, Faileth, wait. So Faileth walked into late. the tower and just no, sparked the, the torch, the torch, the torch, Faileth. The oh, ivy no, is already on fire. She's fully. Lit yeah, yeah, no, I heard. How much? Oh. How, how much fire is there? There's a decent amount of fire, uh, and smoke begins to billow upwards. Yeah, we're gonna. And down. Yeah, we're gonna not want to be standing in the smoke. Well, and, uh, we will. We will want to move outside. We have alerted anybody in the vicinity to our position. Excellent. Let them come. So, are you guys just going outside of the building? What are you pl- What are you doing? You guys can try where, and, go so and where, control the blaze. Is like where is like, the fire that is? Where is the fire that is? Um, where, where is the ivy that is on fire? You guys were standing in the room that is that connects to the tower. And right. Okay. So, so yeah, let me tell you what I what I what I'm envisioning, and then you can tell me how right I am, because I I feel like I'm not making my question clear enough. So we're in well, let's say ground floor of this tower. There's a first floor and a second floor. And a, and a basement. At the very least, those are the parts we know about. Now, I know that the first floor is covered in ivy and that that ivy grows up the ladder that's up there. So, is there ivy that is, like, on the floor that we are on that Faileth is lit on fire? Or is it the first floor ivy that's on fire? It is the first floor ivy that is on fire. The okay. ground floor had been cleared out. Does it look like it would be possible to sever the flaming ivy so that it'll fall down onto the stone floor and burn itself out? Uh, someone would have to be up there to do that. Can, Can I, I do, do that? With a mage hand and knife? You'd yes, but you'd have to be able to see. Is the problem? If you can, uh, if I can make it part way up the ladder without choking on the smoke, I might be able to cut the ivy down. Stop it from crawling its way up to the second floor, unless that was the intention. I'm not sure Didn't if I understand. we want to burn it down? Yes, no? I had intended for you to light the torch I was holding out in your direction aflame. Ah, the torch. Um, I've still got some old woman clothes, so I'm going to pull out like what the, the hair handkerchief and douse it with a little water from my water skin and then tie it around my mouth and no, and faint and Mouth and nose? Jeez. Try to say mouth and face for some reason. Anyway, and then uh, Melian will go out and go up that thing and start trying to tap <laughs> tap out flames with his shield. Smother flames, that's what I want. So there is a considerable amount of smoke up here. Can you give me a constitution saving throw? I absolutely uh, but... can. Do I get advantage because I've got a water soaked oh, yes, thing do. over my mouth? <laughs> yes, you do. But also, up here, it looks like this is burning away quite a bit of the ivy. This ivy is burning quite uh, quickly. I got a 20. Oh yeah, you're, you're fine for tapping this out. You took a nice big breath before you came up here. Hmm. Uh, so you're going to last at least for a minute plus your constitution modifier. Uh, which is plus four, so four minutes? So five minutes? Five minutes up here. Oh, jeez. Yeah, if you're just straight holding your breath. 
Thanks. Welcome to the strange rules for D&D. On the other hand, <laughs> that's, any... That's a, lot, that's a lot of holding my breath. I'm pretty sure I'm a, now a champion of breath-holding. Yeah. Uh, the, on the other hand, though, it is assumed that any time that a creature attacks and smothers, that a person is not able to get a full breath in before that, and therefore only <sighs> lasts for their constitution modifier in rounds. Hence why smothering monsters are actually terrifying. Yeah. Yes. I have an idea of something that I want to do, but I don't know if it's feasible. Um, I took the acid splash cantrip when I took the magic initiate feat. And I'm wondering if I can acid splash above the flame to help in Melian or in Yovin's efforts to sever the vines from the from, from the flames from continuing up the vines. But I'm up there already putting the fire out. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Melian's got it on, or, yeah, Melian's got it under control. Cass said there was a lot of fire, didn't he? No, that we'd burned away a lot of the ivy. I, my, sorry, when I heard that, I, I presumed that it was burning away really quickly. That's why it was so smoky. Not that there was a lot of fire. Brian is assuming but I might correctly. Be oh, okay, then never mind. We're not having a misunderstanding. Okay, that's, good. That's a pretty good, pretty good achievement for us, I think. Never mind my thing, then. Carry on. <laughs> Uh, can you give me, uh, can you just give me a flat d20 luck check? I have no idea what to use for this. Whom? Uh, Bri uh Brian, Melian. <laughs> okay. Uh, what do you, what is this for? Like, do you want to tell me what it's for and maybe I can help you find out what it is? Or do you want to just roll the, the dice? I would say just roll the dice. Uh, I'm more okay. thinking of like how you, how like keeping the fire under control. Cool. A flat d20 rolled me a 17. Okay, yeah. Uh, you're able to keep the fire under control, and you're able... You recognize that you have to stop the flames before it gets to the ladder, or else it's going to burn the ladder down as well. Unless you want the ladder to burn down. <laughs> Do you want me to make an intelligence check to fit to see if I strategize my putting the fire out? Because I think a dumb person would just go up the ladder and start putting the fire out right there. Uh, but you're right. But if you, I, yeah, I guess the the real question is, I'm not sure Melian is smart enough to figure okay. out that if he wants to put the fire out, he has to get ahead of it and then put out the fire as it gets to him, rather than uh, just chasing me, it across the room. Give me actually a nature check, because we can say this is a uh, uh, a natural hazard. Turns out those are the same. So I get a ten total, which is an eleven minus one. <laughs> Okay. Uh, no. <laughs> the, uh... <laughs> Melian just chases the fire around. Well, stop! <laughs> yeah, you chase the fire around, and by the time that you get over to put it out at the uh, uh, ladder, the ladder is already a part of the bottom of the ladder has burned, and it falls down. I mean, so you don't have a ladder going honestly... up to the next floor. That's fine. We'll just use the ladder going up from the bottom floor once everyone's on the second floor. Excellent planning. Uh, but with that having fallen down, uh, now you just have a small heap of it at the base of that spot. But that could easily be controlled and burned away. Mm -hmm. There's a considerable amount of smoke that has billowed out of this area. And everything Melian smells like smoke now. <laughs> 
I mean, he probably smelled like campfire anyway, so uh, not a big change for Melian. Uh, while Melian uh, was putting that fire out, uh, Kwari and Yovan, while you flipped through the book, you did note that uh, it appears to be... There's a page on something called uh, Fangleaf Ivy, and the burn on Melian's hand, on uh, Yovan's hand, looks the same as what is described in there. Uh, it says that it will cause that it causes the individual to break out in almost flu-like symptoms. Uh, usually starting with an intense burning and then a, a feeling of or pain and weakening in the joints, uh, but that it's non-fatal unless you've legitimately been covered in the stuff uh, or ingested it, and that it can be easily purged with an antitoxin. I have an antitoxin herb. Okay, so... I have this antitoxin herb, and I need to figure out how to prepare it. I guess I flipped through the book to, to match up what the um, apprentice had gathered. Okay. Uh, so, ta uh, give me a knowledge... I uh, tell Yovan what I'm doing to get help, because books. Okay. So, give me a nature check. <laughs> I give advantage, but you are but you have advantage on it. Oh, thank goodness! That is a dirty twenty. Okay. Instead of an eight. Uh, so you know that an antitoxin has to be imbibed, and generally it's a liquid. Uh, so you're going to need to heat some water and start preparing some of the herbs with your kit. So, if only you had a cook fire of some kind or some way to heat the water. I am not mentioning fires. Um, within Faleth's hearing. <laughs> uh, Melian pokes his head out of the little trapdoor from the first floor and goes, The fire is out. Uh, however, the ladder has suffered as a casualty. Thank you, Melian. That was quick work. Indeed. Faleth, would you like to come up and examine your handiwork? Ooh, yeah. Do you need more fire? Uh, not at this <laughs> time, no. Okay. Uh, I climb up. Yovan, what we need to do is we need to heat some water and I'll prepare these herbs here and once you drink that it should, you should feel better. Hey, um... But I wasn't keen to ask Faileth to build us a fire, so... <laughs> oh dear, I'm great at it. <laughs> Probably wise. When we have a moment, then that sounds fine. Well, perhaps while the others are investigating, I could uh, do this. I don't want you to become any worse. Aye. Aye. I'll keep an eye out. Make sure that nothing comes running into the smoke. Excellent. Uh, did I hear that the two of you are staying down there? Uh, yes, I, I've got the herbs that we need to uh, help Yovan. Ah. I just need to prepare them. Indeed. Well, then we shall examine the next floor. And Melian starts to pull the ladder up. <laughs> Exploring time! Well, I tell him to let us know if he needs anything, but without the ladder, uh, I think they might be on their own. Mm -hmm. I could get you up there if need be. <laughs> uh, can Quarry sort of um, 
rekindle a fire where the cook fire used to be? Yep. It takes you not that long. You have a tinder kit. Uh, you have a tinder box in your inventory. So mm-hmm. you can get one going. There's already some sticks and kindling around, as well as some larger logs. Uh, and pulling out your... Uh, pulling out a pot, you can start heating some water. I assume one of you can empty a water skin into it. I will. I have one. Okay. Yeah. And then you will start brewing an antitoxin. Mm-hmm. That will take a bit. Yovan, well, that is going on with Quarry. What are you doing? I'm going to uh, just sort of do a loop around the inside of the building, keeping an eye out on through the windows and such making sure that we haven't caught the attention of anything out in the woods. Can you give me a perception check? Uh, how's a three sound? Oh, hold on. No, I have a modifier. How's a two sound? Oh, okay. So, Jovan, as you're going through, you get really enamored with that room that you first came into, that wall that's covered in ivy. This wall of ivy doesn't look like it's uh, poisonous, though. Um, yeah, he'll check out the runes, I guess, and get distracted. You gonna start pulling it down? Yeah, he's gonna use his mage head for that. He's <laughs> standing well <laughs> back. Yeah. Uh, when you pull it down, start pulling it down, like, there's there's some crumbled parts. Uh, you start pulling ivy down, there's a full-on mural here. What appears to be a seven-panel mural. Possibly giving some insight into what this place used to be. What's on the mural? Like, what's it depicting? The first panel, or at least the panel to the farthest to the left, closest to the door appears to be of a male figure adorned with a laurel crown. His cloak is open, and from beneath it come a a multitude of tall, slender figures that seem to be instilled with strength, agility, and grace. The top, above this crowned figure, though, is broken off, the wall having fallen back out, and what looks as if it were vines or possibly thorns poking down from where the line where it breaks. The second is divided into five smaller panels with a diamond-shaped panel in the center. The four sections around the small diamond panel in the center uh, each show a group of slender figures fighting against other figures, some of them blocky, some of them wavy, some of them jagged, some of them almost looking as if they're composed of swirls. And in the center, it shows a single circle being pulled apart into 12 pieces. The third panel appears to have been shattered. Cracks run across it, and any piece that once was has been destroyed. Shattered and crumbling, completely unrecognizable, as has the fourth panel. The fifth panel, though, shows... A similar figure in a cloak, but this one, a skeletal figure with horns, like a deer or an elk rising from its skeletal head. Around it, there are small etchings 
that look like either possibly stars or snowflakes. Beneath it, you see the same slender figures from the first and second one seem to be fighting against each other with three distinct styles or symbols telling them apart. And beneath them, you see for what might have been forests, mountains, villages, streams, destroyed, and mounds of small skeletal figures. The sixth is dominated by an army of figures with skeletal faces, but around each head appears to be a halo of sunbursts, not dissimilar to the holy symbol of soul. These skeletal figures face off in a battle, it appears, against the slender figures from the early ones. And beneath this battlefield lays seven slender figures. What may have been the seventh panel, though, appears to have been removed. Corey. He came here at first looking for rumors of the undead, right? Yes, that's right. We might have stumbled into something. Come take a look at this if you have a moment. Hmm. Can I leave the herbs simmering in the water? The water has not come up to a boil yet. Oh, okay. Then I'll... While waiting for the water to boil, I will go look at what Yovan is seeing. Looks like uh, some depiction of a historical event, though not one I'm familiar with. It seems the undead play a pivotal part in it, and that symbol. Hmm. It looks like soul. How interesting. Um, Cass, can I do a history check to see if I um, recognize this event, or maybe a religion check to see if there's any religious stories or if the symbol is like soul's symbol? So, for if the symbol is like soul symbol, I'll let you take a religion a ch- a religion check. On the other hand, a history check. No one in the party uh, knows this information. I mean, my history is appalling anyway, so it's not surprising. Um, oh, that's only a nine for my religion check. So, uh, what I will note is that. Back in the Abbey of Trusa's Solace, you do remember that there was a stained glass window that shows a depiction of uh, soul and also other stained glass windows that show depictions of various saints or particular figures uh, from soul and his religion and the beliefs and those individuals that have preached it. And usually surrounding their head is a halo with a sunburst. And mm. this, though quite archaic, looks very similar to that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Interesting. You probably recognized from the Abbey the similarity of the um, sunburst behind the head. It came to mind, yes. 
Although, I'm surprised to see it behind skulls. Hmm. Though it might just be an interpretation of a people. This was written from the perspective of the, the slender folks, and skulls might be bringers of death. Which, well, we both know about the Inquisition. Yes, yes indeed. Or, or perhaps this is meant to signify that they were honored after their death. No, that doesn't make sense, because then later on there are skeletons that are clearly alive, fighting. I don't know quite what to make of it. If this is... Well, I don't know. Can I have a religion check from Yovan? Yeah, I can do that. Please do close. better than the paladin. I think if I roll a one, I get the same as what you've had. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. That would be a seven on me. Um, so 13, so dirty 20. Sorry, uh, 19, not 20. So, uh, while looking at the image, like at the... Uh, what is it? Uh, the... Mur looking at the mural, the events that have taken place in it, you have no idea what they might be. But looking at the two figures, the skeletal one surrounded by winter, and a man crowned with a laurel, with a laurel those are the two faces of Owen, the Green King. Oh. The Green King and the Wraith of Winter. Actually, hold on. These two figures. We were just bringing these up with the ritual. The Green Man. Hmm. Uh, as mentioned, the, the, the Wrath of... How did it go? Uh, Melian has the, the paper on him, but still... These might well be him. Mm -hmm. And topical that the, the winter face, considering that all the creatures and magics we've stumbled upon so far have been so closely linked with the cold. Indeed. There might be a connection there. Might be a leap. No, I think the water's boiling. I'll go check on it. And while you guys check on that, let's flip up to Yovan. No, to Melian and Phelan. <laughs> what is up with this? With getting the person, the character wrong tonight? All characters are Yovan. Oh, we all know Yovan, the, the <laughs> hulking half-elf with battle-scarred that carries an entire yeah. army in his back. Uh, mm -hmm. That's the one. Yeah, and we know Yovan, the uh, uh, half-elven uh, bard that talks and was raised by ghosts. <laughs> yep. Uh, Corey the Scholar. Um <laughs> Melian, once he gets the ladder up, realizes that the other two aren't coming, so he's going to assume uh, Corey's shape, so that I'm, like, an extra foot and a half taller. Uh, no, two feet taller, I think. Whatever. Anyway, now I'm eight feet tall. Seven-two. Um, oh, sorry, I'm only seven-two. Oh, yeah, in which case I only get a foot and a, foot and a third. Foot and a quarter taller. Um, but now I can put the ladder in the, the pile of smoldering ivy and then step over it. Uh, and then I gesture for Faelith to climb on, the, on my back. I happily do so. With that, uh, you climb up 
to the second level of this tower, and you find that this is a very cramped room. There's another ladder that goes up one more story, uh, and this room has a small table that has mortar and pestle uh, and a couple other various implements, and scattered throughout this room and on shelves that appear to have been bolted into the or built out of the stone wall around, there are jars and packages of herbs and fungi and various components just scattered everywhere. You also note that there are these sort of strange spirals that have been made of uh, various reeds and roots that look like they've almost been woven into spirals and different shapes that are also hanging from around the room. And Melian, looking at them, you get a sort of a feeling like you've seen them before, but it, it just scratches at the edge. You can't mm. really remember where. Uh, accustomed to having these weird moments and knowing that if it's important, something will happen, something else will happen. Uh, Melian just moves to the next ladder, uh, dropping Faileth off if she'd like on the way. No, I'm good. Alright, and then we go up to the next level. Uh, this next level uh, has a small cot, and that, uh, like a small cot uh, with a blanket that uh, goes along it and goes down on both sides the floor. And nothing else. Faileth, what do you think the odds are that that ivy in the first floor was a, uh, expressly laid a trap? Um, I mean, it's the sort of thing I would probably do if I didn't want people getting in my room. I've done traps like that before with, like, poison mm -hmm. things or bitey things or pointy things. But I think I it is quite where... rude to try to poison your guests. Well, it's not a guest if you're not invited. I'm glad to see that my lessons in etiquette have stuck. This is just lessons in survival. Uh, is that, sorry, was there another ladder up from here? Nope, this appears to be the top. There are a couple windows. Alright, uh, Faith, you took a look out the, that window. I'll take a look at this one. Let's see if we can make out with a two stone from the distance, perhaps. Alright. Faith, you are looking out the north window. Uh, you can see you're surprisingly actually far. You're surprisingly high up. This seems higher than just three stories. Or four stories. This, like, you are above the forest, looking out to the north. And you can see great swaths of the trees and then almost very clearly you can actually see the clearing where the stump is oh Melian I can see the stump not that far from that you see almost this distinct change in the forest as it goes from this green to a sort of browny purple and this almost like miasmic mist that seems to be swirling. And farther from that, you think you can almost 
barely make out the outlines of what might be. Towers. Perhaps two of them? Malian, it's weird here. There's like... This weird mist and towers and I can see the stump. And we're way higher than I thought we were. We didn't climb that high up, did we? Uh, Melly makes his way over to... Uh, are you going to go look at Phelous' window, or do you want to look out your yes. window first? I'm, I mean, would the timing have been such that I would have been looking out my window while she looked at her window? Or is there time enough that if she says, oh, I see all the things, Melian will just be like, all right, cool. Sure, you can go just you can just go over and look at out Phelous. Yeah. You see the same. The forest in that direction looks sickly. And you are right. Where Faleth points out, it looks like the almost like the hint or outline of towers that rise and also a spot where it looks like there's less forest. Almost like some kind of city. Huh. You are right, this is a very odd forest. Right? Do you think those towers in the distance are the towers we are trying to make our way toward? I don't know. Uh, nor do I. I. I don't know what a bandit camp looks like. Perhaps then we should uh, descend and consult with our wiser companions. Yeah, I guess so. Alright, if you would like to proceed first, I have something I would like to do before we leave. Okay. Uh, and as soon as Faleth gets down the ladder, um, he pees on the bed. You pee on the bed? Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, can you give me a perception check? To be an asshole to the person who lives here. Can you give me a perception check? Yes. A 13. So you, like, I'm going to say that you sort of kick the cot so that it's up against a wall before you pee on it. And what? When no. You do, and when you do, you see that there is a sort of, like, a bulge. Box-like. Oh. I mean, thanks. Thanks for that. <laughs> thanks for taking my very mean-spirited roleplay moment and turning it into a discovery. All right, I investigate that thing. Uh, there appears to be a small locked box or chest of some kind. Alright, I, I pick it up and I take it with me, forgetting to pee on the bed. <laughs> okay. What I will note is that as you start to head back to the ladder, the ladder is at the uh, is quite near the other window, so you do get a glance to look out of it. Uh, okay. You see it almost seems like you're... You can see Dwemer Hollow out of this window. Is that just that we're so high I can see it, or... No, like, you window, right? think that you're across from wherever this building is. It's across from the Dockside Market. Like, it's in the forest on the other side of that. Huh. And not that far from the edge of the forest when you look out this window. Huh. All right, Has Yovan well... ever talked about the tower to you guys yet? Has he brought it up? Yes. Did we? Caleb has seen it. I've seen it before. 
Hey, there we go. Uh, if you guys are talking about the the fractal tower, that is in Frost's Folly. Wait, and this one is by Dockside, you said? But it's across the river from it, and if I oh. recall correctly, um, that's that's out of the city. Hmm. Quite far. Okay, never mind. And you head da- head back down, uh, arranging and moving the ladders the ladder as you go to get all the way down. And we'll say that as you're getting down, Quarry is finishing off the antitoxin with Yovan. And Yovan is taking the antitoxin. So Yovan, it's going to take, let's say, ten minutes before it goes into effect. That's fair. Here, poisoned, not for eight hours, but for ten more minutes. No problem. We um, uh, just before we get down to the ground floor, uh, Melian will resume. Uh, his original shape, but he finds it somewhat more difficult than he has in the past. There's more of a struggle to flip. Hmm. Interesting. So you all, so you you and Faileth come out to them at the campfire, and you mm-hmm. see uh, Yovan drinking what Kawari has brewed for them. I have found a chest. But it is locked. And then I show everybody the locked box. Hmm. Quarry grunts non-committally. Should we open it? I will smash the lock if necessary. And then looks expectantly at Yovan. Do we have any reason to feel animosity towards the, uh, the resident of this structure? I realize I've been muted this entire time. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> pipes up and is like, oh, no need for that. It's uh, a simple matter to, to pop it open. Let's take a look. There's barely even a lock, I think. Are you, are you not angry at the person who booby-trapped the building with poison ivy? Well, um... I mean, if they live here and they were not welcoming visitors, it is not as if we were invited and then tricked. Don't be a awful poor burglar to break into their home and be upset when I cut myself on the the way inside. <clears throat> or that's what I said. But it could very well be that uh, this is one of the druids that's working with the bandits. If they are possessive of magic such that they can generate ivy, why not just remove the ladder and generate mm-hmm. ivy to climb every time? This was left purposely to confound and poison travelers. It could have been... Hmm. I could see, perhaps, if the, the occupant of this building perhaps had other guests. If it is the druids that is working with the bandits, perhaps he wanted to keep the bandits out of the topest, uh, the highest level while permitting them free reign of the rest of it. But hmm. again, I ask, why leave the Ladders. Climbing on vines is... If you have a proper ladder, it's a hassle. But if you possess the magic, I maintain that hurting others is proof enough of... Millie, and you hurt other people all the time. Indeed, and I would not be 
I would not find it amiss if someone were to break into my trapped home and remove all my belongings. You would not. Um, well, I have no home, nor any treasured belongings, besides mm. my sword. No, anyway, uh, let me take a look besides, at Besides, Faleth, you know I only hurt the deserving ones. Um, sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, you have this box in front of you. Yeah, he's going to try to just pop it open. Hey, yeah, there we go. Uh, 23. Yes, you very deftly pop it open. It was not a very complex lock of any kind. And you pop it open, and inside it looks like there's uh, two or three items that are wrapped in animal skin or cloth bundles. He'll carefully place it on the floor in front of everyone and uh, take out one of the bundles and unwrap it with his mage hand. Okay, there are three bundles inside. There is a bulky rectangular one. There is a small, there's a thin, long one, and then there is a small one. Open up the large one first. It appears to be a book. He'll lean back with it and browse through it, leaving the, the rest for the others to investigate. Okay. So you start leafing through it, and it appears to be the scrawlings of a madman. He'll read a little bit deeper into it. Um, he'll take some time to, to really see if you can find any common threads or repeated phrases or anything like that, or any hints of ciphers. A lot of it, you're going to say that you're taking the time to read through, say, like two or three pages. And one of the pages that you read through, and in a couple other pages, you see written down, it's written down in different spellings each time it's written down, but something that says Foscaracol. And along with the phrase, he calls me that. It is now my name. It is what I am. I am his Foscaracol. He'll mutter it aloud. Foscaracol. Maybe lose his ears a little bit off his rocker. A uh, few cards short of a deck. Foscaracol, though. Does that mean anything to either of you? Or either of you? No. Not I. Mm. What do you mean, um, a few cards short of a deck? What makes you think that? Um, he'll he'll pick a particularly, uh, he'll he'll browse around for a evocative passage and and read it aloud. Whatever's the most rambly off the wall. After you've read it aloud, Quarry will say, well, some of you thought that perhaps this was the druid's tower, and we were told that his eyes were blue. Didn't we think that... Wait, I think I'm getting... Was it the parents whose eyes glow blue? It was, yeah, the parents. But they seem to be under complete control. This, if... It's perhaps this was somebody being driven mad over a certain amount of time, but... Well, the parents were not controlled for long, but if your existence were under control, perhaps you would also be mad. I don't... 
I don't know, perhaps it is nothing more than a madman in the woods, but if you are correct in this, is the tower of the druid that works with the bandits. It is interesting that there is that blue eye potentially under control sort of connection. I could see it. Repeated bouts of mind control over an extended amount of time drive me mad. Ah, so it becomes clear that we must kill the druid. You're I'd really be on that one, aren't you? More inclined not to like try to Why? save him. That is a good question. Their nature magic makes me... Their constant shifting of shapes makes me very uncomfortable. He says <laughs> unironically. Makes you uncomfortable? Really? It is, it is not natural. Um... Okay. Weirdo. What I will note is that from your guys' notes, you know that the parents, when they were being controlled, appear, at least based off of, La- La- of Lady Buchanan's telling, when the Lord Preston Buchanan was controlled, his eyes glowed blue. And then the bandits referred to the druid working for Sir Jared as having glowing blue eyes as well. I feel more inclined to try to save the poor fellow than to kill him as a means of releasing him from the control. If you insist, Paladin, I will obey your wishes. However, I am not risking mine or Faileth's life in a futile pursuit of risking a, of saving a madman. I do not mean madness. to suggest that if we are under attack, we should not defend ourselves. I mean only to say that should the opportunity present itself, we should not act with undue haste to harm him. I believe you underestimate their magics, but I will acquiesce to your wishes. You're like hardcore druid racist, aren't you? This is hilarious. The parents were only controlled for a short period of time, and it seems to be connected to one of those Iltharan items. Perhaps if we can separate this man from the item that controls him, we will save him, and he may be able to tell us a great deal. Or perhaps, like the parents, he will have no memory. Again, I will do as you wish, Paladin. But I will ask you this question. What will you do if we remove the possession from him and he remains mad? Will you kill him in cold blood? No, why? There are plenty of mad people that are... What what makes you think that we would have to kill him? You would leave a madman to subsist in this forest of magic and danger? I had thought you more charitable than that. Maybe he likes it. I find optimism both naive and charming. We could return him to the two whatever they were. The pair that you met. That seems like they might take a 
They seem like the types that might take a kindness towards an old madman. Perhaps. I like mad people. They're always the most interesting. Until their hands are wrapped around your neck while you sleep. Yeah, I suppose so. But that's what makes life so exciting. I've never met a group of adventurers so excited for a, 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 another human person to turn into a bear and kill them. You're really on that, aren't you? <laughs> that was out of character. Uh, David, while you while this conversation has been going on, I've assumed that Jovan has still been leafing through and looking. Uh, I have sent you a paragraph. Mm. Uh, through Facebook? Terrifying. Yep. Okay. So what you're saying is we stalled long enough for you to compose a paragraph of madness cast. Yes. Excellent. Good work, us. Are you trying to tell me you didn't already have it written? This one I didn't. Oh, wow. <laughs> I, I am their... shocked. This one. <laughs> I hear their cries. They call out, screaming, bound in iron, sealed for a darker purpose. You said the cries would stop. You told me that if I gave myself to you, it would stop. You told me. I just want the screams of the elements to end. Hmm. Know, it does seem like somebody in a very abusive relationship with a voice in his head. Hmm. What's else? What else is in the box? The long, the, the long, thin stick, uh, the long, thin package, uh, appears to be some tightly wrapped sticks of incense. And the small package uh, is a piece of crystal wrapped delicately. Don't everyone all talk at once now? None of these items make any sense to me. Huh? Yeah, none of them look like food. Does a crystal look anything like the ice crystals that we stumbled across in the city? It does not have the same bluish hue that the ice crystals that you saw in the city had, but it does, but it is like a pure white. Is it uh, cold to the touch or have any other noticeable? No. The one thing that I will note is that it is smooth. It does not have a single hard edge. These were precious to him, I think. Or this was. Looks like it's been worn smooth through, I presume, handling. Hmm. He'll be coming back soon. Let me tell you what I saw at the top of the tower. To the north, the stump, perhaps some sort of uh, mist-covered city and two towers in the far distance. And to the south, it seemed we looked straight into the uh, dockside market from across the river. However, I will also say this, or Faileth will say it for me, that the tower seemed at its top to be much higher than it had any right to be. Yeah, we were... We up and it like 
didn't make an actual logical sense. There's been stories of a fractal tower in Frost's Folly, which is never in the same place twice, and rarely there all the time. Only seen by a yeah, precious yeah. few. I saw it. Remember? Perhaps. You saw it? When? We talked about that. When I was locked. Out of character, I'm pretty sure you didn't. didn't I, I swear you didn't mention it. I also don't think uh, so. what happened out of character is uh, Faileth and that guy, that drunkard that helped her find her way back. Uh, Faileth told the drunkard that she saw the tower. The drunkard got really excited and he told Melian. And Melian thought he was crazy and just mm-hmm. brushed the guy off. I sure okay, did. I knew I told somebody. I'm convincing Yovan with some sense. drunkard off the street. I'm hurt. I'm wounded. <laughs> it, it's been a while. <laughs> it has been, yeah, no, I'm just giving a hard time. Uh, I told me no such thing. I, oh. I admit, it's been something itching in the back of my mind ever since I arrived in Dwemer Hollow. It is a compelling story. And perhaps this, if there is some way for it to change some type of portal magic at work with this tower. It might not be the same, but there might be a relation between them. Ooh, would it be at the base? Should we investigate the basement? Yes, I do think we should investigate the basement, but before we proceed, I I have a, a strange thought. Um... Perhaps it is nothing. It is quite possible all of these things are unconnected. But the weapons had things trapped within them. Jasper Quent's weapons. Steam and ice. And this madman rambles about elements being trapped. You don't suppose... Well, and the parents have the glowing blue eyes, and this druid has the glowing blue eyes. Is it possible that they are... That this is another sign of the connection? Perhaps this... Whoever controls this druid knows more about binding whatever monsters those are within the weapons that Quent sells. I reckon there's a connection there to be made if one wants to follow it. It's another leap, but... Well, we have yet another coincidence died on the pile, if nothing else. I find myself hoping that this is someone that we can help and who can help us. Whom? The binder of the elements? No, the druid. If... If the druid can be helped and can provide us with the information that we seek on whoever is behind all of this, it would give us a great boost forward in our attempts to find out what is happening to the children. In this life or in the next, he doesn't need to be alive for Aelith to have a chat with him. The ghosts here are weird, though. (laughs) Hmm. That's fair. Like, they're angry, and they want to kill me, apparently. Which is a new thing. Um, yeah. And Mum's not here anymore. She was, but she's not. So I'm a little nervous to call them. 
when she's not here to stop them if they do actually want to kill me. But on the other hand, she could just be lying to me because she doesn't want me to talk to them because they're actually really important. But she doesn't want me to ever get any knowledge about anything ever. Thank you, ma'am. <laughs> uh, so it could be that I actually should call the goats because right now she's not here and you can't stop me. And maybe I'll learn really important things like who I am and where I come from and who my dad is. Oh, I should call the ghost right now. Yovan looks extraordinarily concerned and glances over at Melian. <laughs> Melian just looks boggled at the extension of logic. Your mother is not here? No. She's far <laughs> away. So I should call the ghost now where she has no hope of stopping me. What ghosts are you summoning? Oh, I don't know any ghosts. Last time Perhaps. I tried to summon the Remember I tried to summon uh what's his face? Dead Seb or Seth? Seth, that's the one. Or like one of the... Oh no, I was trying to summon one of the guards that was killed so that we could find out what happened to them, but I get a bunch of ghosts and they were super angry and mean and they wanted to kill me, I guess. Fela. But that's only what mother said. Fela. She's not here. Now, bitch, Fela. she's lying to me. What? Fela, perhaps what? we should wait until we are in a somewhat safer position before you summon potentially uh, aggressive ghosts. But if we leave the forest, maybe the ghosts that could tell me about my past won't be there anymore. Oh, I did not mean the leave the forest. I just meant somewhere safer than the lair of a druid whom I am certain will turn into a bear and try to murder us. I mean, okay, but someday we're going to talk about this real problem you've got with druids, because it doesn't make any sense, Melian. I'm telling you, I just do not like it when they can become other animals. Like I said, yeah, we're going to have to talk about that, because from <laughs> you, that's bloody bonkers! It is not the shape-shifting I object to. It is the shape-shifting into almost uh, undiscernible from regular animals animals. A man should not be able to become a full bear, nor a wolf, nor a trout. Melian, you turn into a lion, man. Yes, but notice the important misnomer, the important... Uh, uh, clench in there. Lion man. Lion man. I do not become a full lion. That would be uh, against nature. Key, wherever you see him, alien. You guys have unwrapped and gone through everything in this box. Made some interesting mental leaps and have some idea of what you think is going on here. Are you going to go down the steps? Yovin's pretty curious. Yes. I mean, Corey just said that she thought we should, or that they thought we should investigate the the basement, and Melian thinks it's a terrible idea. But Corey said we should do it. So. Well, I mean, in the interest of leaving no stone unturned, we've looked at everything else. Perhaps there will be a secret tunnel in the basement. But we weren't looking for anything. I, see, I think, camp. as far as Melian's concerned, we weren't looking for anything here. This is a... This was an accidental stop. Oh, did we not share the stuff about the mural? No, no I don't think we did. Totally no. Nope. Oh, yeah. What, um, <laughs> what so, mural? Uh, Jovan would have segued at some point in the conversation. Um, 
By the way, when you guys were upstairs, we stumbled across something interesting. It may pertain to our investigation in the city. We were looking for evidence of some kind of undead, some infant station that wasn't there. And in the other room, it seems there were old carvings, a mural of sorts depicting events. Who knows how old? Actually, I might know how old, but we'll get to that in a moment. Um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I just... Uh, okay. And it seems to show some war with skeletal figures. I don't... Actually, you might know... Perhaps you could take a look. You may jog something in your memory. Yours are fearless. Uh, alright. Yeah, sure. Yeah, you open drag him over there. And while he's doing so, um... <clears throat> would I be able to tell how old the stonework is using Masonry Cat? Sure. Give me a history check. Uh, so 11, so 17. 19 if I can apply the bonus from Masonry and from history. Looking at the stonework, it has definitely seen the weather of time. This structure, the architecture of it, the way the stones are fit together, there's no mortar. There's nothing. They're just fit so tightly and perfectly. You haven't seen architecture like this ever before. And it looks old. This... Ilfarin old? Or possibly even predating. I can tell you, looking at this, this building is older than anything in Domer Hollow. And possibly older than the folks that built Domer Hollow. This is... ancient. So you bring everyone before the murals. Uh, so can I have some history checks? History. I got a seven. Melian, you have no idea. Nope. Let's see. In fact, Melian's trying to figure out how they put this paint on the wall. How do they make it stay so long? Faileth, you also have no idea what these murals are about. Can I have a perception check from uh, from Quarry and Yovan looking at the murals the second time? This is the GM being like, oh man, I really got some juicy stuff to drop. Why can't you roll better? <laughs> um... But the snake was asking Yovan to, to roll perception, and he got a, a 10, which means a 9 after modifier. I got a 16, so not so hot either. Looking at them, you feel like these the, there aren't any details that you missed. <laughs> One last bit, I guess. Can I tell how recently the last panel was taken? Ah, yes, please give me an investigation check, and you can have advantage for this. <laughs> Well, first rolls of 19, so hard to beat. Yeah, 3, so um, 25. 
So while it had been covered in ivy, <laughs> the stonework on this one compared to the others, it may have been removed within the past year. This, he taps on the final panel, this was recent. At least since, since the time I've spent in Dwemer Hollow, I think. If we can find it, I think it might answer a few questions. The basement, then. Hmm. Ah, sorry. Sorry to pull you over here. I thought perhaps you might have heard a song or a tale in your travelings or from the whisperings of ghosts. I mean, I can ask some ghosts right now. Should I call some ghosts? I'll call some ghosts right now and I'll ask them so many things. No, I I expect the ones you'd find around here would be old and dusty. Barely worth a conversation. the best kind! Uh, If you've felt that there was some danger, I would second Melian. I don't think it's worth the risk while we're... always full of crap. She never wants me to find out anything. Jovan doesn't have a good rebuttal. <laughs> but he, uh, I, don't, I don't know, uh, his body language and expression make it very clear he is really not excited to deal with some angry hauntings in the middle of a forest that he doesn't know how to get out of in an ancient building full of undisclosed magics with a druid that may be returning at any time that's probably going to be hostile because we've gone through this shit. <laughs> I don't know how... I mean, those how... are all valid... He's wearing his uh, thoughts on his sleeve here. And I mean, it's not like Faelith has any actual reason to believe her mother wasn't telling the truth about all those ghosts wanting to kill her. She just, you know, really wants some answers. Rebellious teenager. If you're looking for answers, then uh, perhaps the basement will be the next stop. We can make a quick dip down there. See if there's anything worth seeing. To be clear, friend friend Yovan is not telling you to summon ghosts in the basement. <laughs> and that is a good catch. The basement is the least <laughs> convenient spot no! for you to summon ghosts. Please, faileth. Stop marking <laughs> all my good plans! Fine! I was <laughs> very much just like, whoa, 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 let's head that right off of the pass. <laughs> you guys are no fun. With, uh, with friends like these, Cass barely needs to write encounters. <laughs> All I'd need is just a table of ghosts level CR quarter through 30. Yep. Oh, Lord. Paladin, um, if you will keep an eye on Faileth, I will go down to the basement first, as I am the most robust of us. And I can use your eyes. Yes, indeed. Oh, oh, crap, it's probably it's dark, down, dark there. down there. Uh... I will watch Faileth. If you if you need me, I'll light a torch and join you. Oh. Uh, perhaps <laughs> I will bring the torch down so that you can see... Uh, you can be a second set of eyes at the top of the stairs. That's wise. Right. <laughs> I mean, you want me to go, right? Because I can see in the dark. No, no, no. We, we have Melian for that. And like I said, we'll, we'll bring a torch. Melian can see in the dark. Well, of course he can. He's a half elf. I mean, Whatever is that is that right? Is that Quarry looks at Yovan quite concerned and says in sort of a hushed tone, "Is that racist to assume that all half elves see in the dark?" 
Oh, no, I've, I've made acquaintance with quite a number of them. Um, invaluable to have around. And great eyes. Hmm. Right. I wouldn't yeah. say it's racist. They brag about it quite frequently. Or at least in my experience, I do. No, he's been much more quiet on it. He's a humble fellow. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. That's what it is. Uh, yeah, so Melian lights a torch, and then, <laughs> in completely ignoring the conversation happening behind him, because uh, he's already stated a very good reason why he would bring a torch down, so that everyone else can also see and be like a second set of eyes. <laughs> uh, so you descend down. Uh, it's probably a good, uh, about a 15 feet down. And then you come to a landing. And there's to the right uh, what looks like a cave-in, and to the left, it looks like the basement or cellar, whatever this is, turns and then and like turns and turns back in the directions so that whatever the main room is down here is likely under the rest of this building. But also directly in front of you is a statue. A statue of what? A statue of that has a figure garbed in a robe. One half of the figure's face is skeletal and has an a single rack of antlers coming up out of the side of the head, and the other half is of an elfin man with a laurel crown. Ah, if there's any doubt of it, in the murals, this is definitely the green man. I am beginning to like this place less and less. I would have thought you'd be uh, more comfortable in a house blessed by the... I've forgotten his other moniker. Um... By the half-skeleton, half-elf man? No, it's, it's the god of winter and summer. Um... The two-faced king? The oh. two-faced king. That's the ticket. I thought you'd be more comfortable in a house blessed by the two-faced king. Why? I generally find yourself more comfortable in natural places. And uh, who is more representative of the natural than the two-faced king himself? All about that greenery and vegetation and such. <clears throat> I, while I do find it myself more comfortable is less because I enjoy the wilderness and more because I find the society to be confusing at best. Oh, him and you probably share a perspective on that. Oh, it isn't my place to judge or to speculate on the views of the gods. If I were to worship a god, it would likely be Talon. That doesn't surprise me in the slightest. Let's go on. If we dwell a little too long, the, folk, the others will think that something's gone wrong. Alright, let me duck around the corner and see what the rest of the main room... You duck around the corner, and it goes for about another 15 feet. There is a door on the right, and then there is a door at the end of this hallway in front of you. Jovan would be following Melian. Since Melian can clearly see better than he. <laughs> yeah, as we arrive at that door, the first door, that Melian will go to like, he'll reach over and open it, and then 
sort of be racked by a spasm of pain and drop to his knees, sort of like, ah! Yovan will go and catch him. And, and by catch him, I mean, like, try to grab him, but... <laughs> I, I don't think I could lift you, uh, Melian if you tried, but... Uh, are you alright, Melian? Was it a curse uh, or magic, or...? I don't... I know not. Uh, I have never felt like this before. Melian? Hmm... <clears throat> Careful, there might be danger down here. Uh, Yovan will carefully push open the door with a mage hand. Appearing into this room, uh, it appears to be a small uh, cellar of some kind, uh, with shelves that contain bottled and dried herbs. Uh, One thing that I will note is that there is a a bit of a glint that you see uh, shimmering off of a bottle that appears filled with what almost look like small, crystallized crimson stars. Uh, there is foul magic in that room. Are you hand? Are you... Will you touch the doorknob? Uh, it was not my... It was not... The feeling seems to have passed. And it was not simply my hand. It was my whole body. However, I... I do not think it was the door itself, as I don't think I even touched the doorknob. It's a foul hmm. omen. Hmm. But you're sure you're alright? Uh, uh, Jovan, can I have an intelligence check? Sure. Are the... While he's doing that, are the walls uh, dirt? So, no. The walls are stone down here. Okay. Same... Is there, are there any torch sconces? Like, places to... Yes. Okay. Um, Melian, sort of not being very clear on what just happened, is going to slide the torch in one of the, one of the sc- nearby sconces and then, like, start to flex a bunch to, like, try and piece together what that was. Ah, so, like, looking at his hands and, like, moving around... Uh, looking at his legs and discovering nothing. Yovan will give him a, a critical eye, but trust if Melian thinks he's alright. Uh, intelligence check. Uh, roll to 9, um, plus 4, so 13. Uh, is this something that I could use expertise on to add a d4? This is just based off your memory. Uh, so okay. a few days ago, uh, you do remember that. Uh, someone mentioned that the petals of a blood orchid crystallize into the shape of small crimson stars. Yovan oh. will brighten up at that and duck into the room and uh, pick up the flask and just quickly look around see what he can in the shadows of the torchlight. Uh, can you give me an investigation check? When uh, when he steps into the room, Melian will grab the torch and sort of thrust it through the door so that he can see better, since he's not feeling any pain anymore. Uh, six, so twelve. Okay, so you notice a couple different bottles, and the stuff down here looks like it's very carefully packed and doesn't have any kind of labeling. Uh, and, like, there's some bones over here. There's a uh, humanoid skull of some kind that has, almost looks like it has little like green lines or veins running across it there's 
bottle that looks like it's filled with a shimmery yellow substance as the light glints off of it. And then there's also just like lots of mushrooms down here as well. Are there any that he would recognize when he was uh, ruffling through the book earlier? From when he was ruffling through the floral book earlier? <laughs> there end up being explosive mushrooms again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, He's not so... looking too hard, but if there's any that immediately... No, there aren't any that immediately jump out at you. Yeah. I'm back out of the room with the uh, the vial and turn to Melian. Are you comfortable to continue? If you want to turn back, I wouldn't hold it against you. Uh, no, I, I seem to be fine as as of now. Right. I, I will investigate what could have happened later. Onwards, then. So you push open this next door, and the room beyond stretches is... It's all in shadows cast by this torchlight. You can see that there appear to be some pillars holding up the roof in this room, and some tables uh, a bit closer to the edge of the light. Spread out. Uh, on the side closest to you, you can see that there is a uh, sort of pit over on over on one wall uh, that looks almost a bit like it might be a, have been a well of some kind. Uh, we'll move, uh, Melian will move in to try and investigate with the tables at the edge of the... carefully. So as you get start to get closer to the tables, you can start to make out that it looks like there's... Uh, in the, on the large central table, there's something laying on the table. Yeah, I thought this might be some sort of, like, sacrificial room. I was afraid of this. Uh, yeah, Melian will... Uh, so I'm, I'm actually going to investigate the closest table to see, because now he suspects that they've done, like... He thinks this is a druid place, and they probably did horrible experiments on something. So he's looking for bloodstains on this first table to sort of assess whether or not this is as horrible as he thinks it's going to be. Uh, so the first table you come to, uh, yes, there are bloodstains that have worked their way into the wood. This appears to have either been some sort of butchery, or more likely, some sort of nefarious experimentation, if this was a druid home. Hoven will furrow his brows, but, but nod. It's, a, it's some sort of church would align with the iconography above. And if it was to a, a feral god, then in an olden time, you know, sacrifice may be a possibility. How old are the tables? Oh, these tables look as new as the uh, uh, as the cot, the table upstairs, and the uh, ladders. Yovan will catch himself mid-sentence. Hold on. This is new. This is fresh. Are you going to approach the table that has a shape on it? Yes. Mm. <laughs> so Yovan will stay by the walls. <laughs> if this is one of the kids, so help me, Cass. <laughs> Man, I never even thought of that. 
So you approach the table, and upon it is a furred form. You see a wolf lying on the table. It has been cut open. Ugh. And its mouth has also been cut open, pulled open, to reveal a set of mandibles coming out. Oh. Does it have, like, a weird tongue thing? No. Not not really. Not in this case. Oh. Not in this case? Cass? <laughs> well, cause, only because the, the bear stag... Oh, that's right. Had a had a. That's why I asked. It's because it had that weird tongue thing that shot out. Um. So, but so it's got mandibles next to its. All right. So yeah. It has mandibles um, coming. It has mandibles coming out of its mouth, mm-hmm. and one of its legs appears to be the kind of leg you'd expect on a grasshopper. Oh. And there. So for are... clarity's. Oh, sorry. And there are a couple sh- uh, sheafs of paper scattered about on this table as well. Uh, for clarity's sake, I just want to... Are the So, uh, thinking of a wolf's face, are the mandibles, like, in his mouth? Or are they next to... So, imagine that if, a, if the wolf opened its mouth, like, set down under near where the tongue is, mandibles second... would then rise oh, up out... And sort of, if it were alive, would then probably click in front. Mm-hmm. Uh, Melian is regretting his morbid curiosity. Um, uh, it, friend Yovan, it appears to be one of the forest animals that has also been uh, corrupted by this insectile magic, which is slowly turning them into something other. Is it the forest, perhaps? Or is it the druid? Hmm. Probably the druid. Read the papers to find out. Yovan <laughs> um, will, will go around the exterior of the room, running his fingers along the wall, uh, seeing if there's anything else, like the mural above. There appear to be papers strewn about. I hesitate to ask, but friend Jovan, would you have any interest in the ram- the further ramblings of this mad druid? I would. Uh, insight into the mind of somebody who's been here for longer than us. With I'll a switch. heavy sigh, Melian starts to collect the papers. <laughs> oh, <laughs> fine. Are you going to hand the papers over to Jovan, or is Jovan going to... Uh, I assume I'm in the center room. of the room still, so... Melian can't reach Jovan, so he's just going to collect them. And in an, in an effort to try and not deprive uh, Jovan of any light, Melian's going to try and move as little as possible so that his light is steady while he gathers his paper up. Okay. Uh, Jovan, as you sort of move around the edge of the room uh, and surveying it with you guys now in the center, you note that there are six of those sort of depressions, holes, uh, along three on both sides of the walls. And a bit further, just at the edge of where your light reaches, you think there might be another depression, or there might be a mound of some kind at the back of this room. Oh, no. 
Melian, uh, come a little closer if you can. Set the light on it, unless if you may. Indeed. So as you guys begin to approach, you note that there is a long streak of blood running across the floor towards us. God damn it. I've got papers in one hand and a torch in the other. <laughs> Yovan will approach the mound. So as you begin to approach, the light of your torch gives you bright light for 20 feet and then dim light for another 20 feet. So just as you're getting to the 40 feet from this, about 35 feet, you see that it's a large mass of plant matter and detritus in this back corner. Jovan would use his mage hand to sift through it. To make poor choices? Absolutely. That's what Jovan's here for. At the end of this campaign, I'm going to go back and I'm going to get a compilation of Melian going, you know, we probably shouldn't do this. And then it turning out that we really shouldn't have done that. <laughs> it's going to be like an episode long on its own. <laughs> There'll be a super cut at the end. Just Melian being like, don't do that. Oh, we did it. Mm-hmm. We could intercept each like part with different musical numbers from throughout it. <laughs> <That's nice. laughs> anyway, uh, Yovan's making poor decisions. Um, As you start to sift, there's a brief moment where you think you start to hear a sound, and then a vine lashes out oh, towards God, you, Yovan, because you are standing. Presumably closer than Melian. Technically, I could interact with it from 60 feet away, but Jovan's curious. He'd be closer. Does an 18 hit you? Oh, it absolutely does. Okay. You will take uh, five bludgeoning damage as a vine whips out towards you and wraps around your leg. Oh, damn it. And pulls you and begins to pull you towards it. Everyone, please roll initiative. Once again, poor Quarry is as far from the combat as possible. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry, Ellie. Oh, it's fine. You've got Melian. It'll be okay. I'm just babysitting Faileth. <laughs> I got a 20. Um, 13. 18. For what it's worth, I don't even know if we can hear you fighting. Oh, probably. Yeah, Let's I that far away. we're not rolling initiative. Um, like if we holler, you're close enough. You should absolutely be able to hear us. Cass. Uh, yes, I'd like Kawari and Faileth to also roll initiative so that I have you in the initiative order. Mm -hmm. uh, for when you finally hear them. <laughs> Got it. We'll just be rolling perception checks in our rounds. Sixteen. And what was that, Jovan? Ah, 13. Melian has a plan full of madness. Oh no! <laughs> it is now Melian's turn. Okay, so Melian's gonna drop the papers on the floor and pull out a second torch, which he's gonna light from the first torch just before he throws the first torch into the 
like runs over him. While he's gonna be running over toward the 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 detritus, and he's gonna throw the torch into the pile of plant matter, and then draw the sword. So we'll have a torch and a sword eventually. You see Yovan panic twice. Once when the vine hits his leg, and the other when the papers are tossed into the air. No, no, not up in the air. I've got a bundle <laughs> of them, so he just tosses them down. Gotcha. Like, gonna... <gasps> he felt like, it's the end of school! <laughs> <laughs> I don't want these papers anyways. <laughs> Wait, I, no, I have a bag. I, I just jammed the paper in, because i, I got to go into the bag to get the torch anyway. So I jam the papers in the bag and pull out a torch when I, when I come out. That way I don't have to worry about these papers later. Awesome. They're just crumpled up now. Okay, so you're going to hurl a, hurl one of your torches at it? Yeah. Uh, can you give me a... Uh, do torches have thrown? <laughs> I mean, probably not. I don't have I mean, a weapon. An improv weapon is also improv when thrown. Yeah. Uh, I. I. Let's just. Let's do a. Let's do rather than this being a dexterity. Let's do this as a strength one for a strength ranged attack to hit this. Okay. Uh, a 17. That will hit. Alright. I mean, I can't imagine that the torch does much damage-wise, but it might set it on fire, which is what I'm hoping for. Yeah, it says if you make a melee attack with a burning torch and hit, it deals one fire damage. Uh, so, I'm I'm gonna roll to see if it will catch on fire, but I'm also dealing fi one fire damage or more if this thing is, has vulnerabilities to it. Right. Which, of course, we'll never know. And with that, uh, the thing shrieks. And this is a, actually a very familiar shriek. <laughs> You've heard this shriek not that long ago. Back at the Marsh Cidery. Oh. Except this shriek sounds no, like a sense. weaker, sort of more juvenile shriek. It's a baby dragon skull plant. Can't remember right. what it's called. This uh, druid racism might be rubbing off on uh, <laughs> Yovan at this point. I mean, we really should have expected this because he was helping the bandits with these... I mean, it's kind of nice to know that we were right. It, it, at this point, it's got to be. This is one and the same druid. And as it shrieks, two, like, one vine wrapped out and wrapped around Yovan, another two vines are going to shoot out. Or possibly even more. Uh, they are... The, this is that this thing is going to make three vine attacks against Melian. So it lets go of Yovan? It clearly makes an attack against Melian with Yovan. <laughs> <laughs> You'll understand before the end of the initiative. Uh, okay. Full initiative order, what's going on. Okay. The first attack is a five, so I assume that will not hit. 
sure this won't. vine shoots out about Melian jerks out of the way of it. The second one and third one are below 15. As three vines snake out and try to strike at Melian. And Kuari, upstairs, it is now your turn. Can you please give me a perception check? I would love to. That is a five. Should she get advantage because I did a battle cry when I threw the... Oh, uh, sure. Yeah. Ooh. That is a ten. Well, I mean, at I, this rate... I can only do so much, Ellie. Come <laughs> Look, on. I'm really sorry my... <laughs> It's doubling every time she rolls. Not it's bad. Fine. Yeah. Get me to 20, then the 40. <laughs> <laughs> Kawari is really intent on stopping Faileth from summoning ghosts, and Faileth probably <laughs> keeps going like, Ooh, maybe I could summon this one. Maybe I could summon that one. And Kawari's just like, no. I like to think Faileth's like you. Ghost to kill us, but going more like spirits trying to kill us. And then with that, now the vine and the vine that is attached to Yovan uh, and some other vines are going to shoot out. Oh, good. Slightly off to the left-hand side of this mound. Uh, so the vine that is currently holding on to Yovan is going to constrict. And Yovan will just flat out take seven bludgeoning damage as the vine constricts around his leg. And then two other vines are going to shoot out towards you, Yovan. Uh, the first one was five damage, right? Yes. Okay. Does a 22 hit you? Mm, it's pretty close, but yeah, it hits. Six bludgeoning damage? Okay, he's still, you know, up. How much did the last one do? Oh, the last one got a 12. Okay. And now it is Faileth's turn. Faileth is going to summon a ghost. Oh, you're going to summon a ghost, or are you going to make a perception check? I mean, am I paying attention? I suppose not, but maybe he's really loud. <laughs> oh, he's super loud, because Faileth rolled a 19. Plus... Ooh. One, so that's a dirty 20. So, Melian, what did you yell as uh, Yovan got into a very precarious situation? It would have just been like a guttural, like, yeah! Baileth, you heard Melian's battle cry. Sounds like Melian's fighting something. Right. Should I summon an old ghost? Or I guess it doesn't matter what ghost to summon. I assume you're not saying any of this out loud because Oh Kari no, this would... is exactly what oh. I'm saying out loud. Uh wait, what do you what do you mean Melian's fighting something? Oh, this is battle cry. Uh, don't you think we should go down and assist? No, he'll be fine. He's good at fighting stuff. Mmm Fail couldn't we just <laughs> go check? <laughs> I mean you can't summon a ghost anyway, so this will be more interesting. Why can't well, Melian thinks it's a bad idea, and I Ugh. don't know how to help you if it turns out that your mother is right. Wait, the paladin sworn to fight undead doesn't know how to help if ghosts attack? Uh, ghosts are 
difficult, and the kind of ghosts that Faileth summons are unusual. It's That's dead. a friend. Yeah. Alright, fine. Because Faileth doesn't just get, like, the restless, creepy dead that won't go away. Faileth gets, like, all the dead, even the ones that should be peacefully resting. Alright, we can go check on him. But he'll probably be fine. He's very good at fighting. Well, that would be best, because if it turns out it is very dangerous and I have brought you down there, I am sure I will get quite the earful from him if we survive. Alright, let's go check. Are you making a move action or a dash action? I guess if we're gonna go, I'm gonna run. Okay. I just want to say, for people who are very intent on saving this druid that I want to kill, you're not very intent on saving me. Quarry <laughs> is, it just takes, can't leave Faileth alone. So, Faileth, you dash down the stairs as Kawari starts to stand up, because Kawari will go be able to move on their initiative turn next round, as their turn has already passed. Uh, and you dash down the stairs, you run past the statue at the base of them, turning left, and you bolt through the door at the end of the hallway, coming out into a room. You can see Melian at one end of it, and Yovan and these vines wrapped out, like, that have shot out and are wrapped around Yovan that look like they're pulling, constricting and pulling him towards something at the end of this room. You lads all right? <laughs> I guess I better help you then, huh? Faileth, where's Cory? Well, I assume she's coming. And as you start to have that part of this conversation, in the center of this mass of plant matter, a the, a familiar dragon-like head comprised of petals sort of rears itself. But you note that in this... Uh, Torchlight, it appears to have a slight reddish brown hue. Oh, not another one of these things. And its petals pull back, uh, making a clicking palm frond like sound before it spits poison. And since Melian still is holding the source a source of fire here, uh, we will see. If it hits Melian or not. Uh, Melian, that is a 23. So I'm going to shout out a warning to Melian, um, which is more like a, a grunt and a pointed finger, because right now <laughs> words are probably difficult. <laughs> um, but he gets to add a d4, uh, or he gets to add 4 to his AC. I don't know if that saves him. Sadly, it would if I. Actually, it's a 23, you said? Yes. Even if I had my shield out, that would still hit me. Rip. But I appreciate the L. Uh, you will take 10 poison damage as poison oh. spores and caustic spit and floral juices splash onto you. Ew. You can feel Gross. your skin crawl. And with Melian, you, Melian, kill like, it! Your, your skin actually crawls. <laughs> I don't like that at all. 
with that, it is Yovin's turn. Yovin, you are grappled by this creature. Are you going to try and break this grapple, or are you going to try and attack the vine? Oh, no. Uh, Yovin's running, uh, if he can. Walk me through breaking a grapple. Okay. So you can either use a strength athletics or a dexterity acrobatics check, if I remember correct. I always forget how grapple works. I'd have more sympathy if you <laughs> threw a grappling monster at us. Yep, I'm correct. Cool. Alright. Uh, and it's an action, I assume? So yeah, Yovin is... Uh, I wonder. Um, hold on a quick second. Would it count as an attack roll, saving roll, ability check, or... or uh, sorry, as an attack roll, saving roll, or ability check? Ability check. Awesome. So... Uh, All skills are ability checks. Okay. So we're going to make an acrobatics check. That is a two... Um, I don't think any amount of excellence being thrown at that's going to save me. Uh, five after modifier. Sadly, uh, you do yeah. not escape from this grapple. And that is your action. Eight. Yep, that's me. So, Yovan, you struggle against this vine that has wrapped its way around your leg and the other one that has shot out and wrapped its way around your arm. And with that, Melian, it is your turn. All right, there's a spitting dragon head in front of me in there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I hit it with my sword very hard. Okay. Uh, I think I have to be enraged to attack recklessly, don't I? Nope. Nope. Never mind. I just attack it recklessly. That's a 21 to hit. Oh, that hits. Then it will take nine points of slashing damage. And Melian will roar again. Your blade cuts into it. And it sort of, its head comes up and shrieks again. Uh, the vines to your right, uh, on the right-hand side of the creature, uh, dart out and are going to try and, uh, that had darted out towards where you were standing before, Melian, are going to try and come and wrap up around you from behind. Oh. What is your AC again? It's 17 at the moment. But you attacked recklessly, so I need to attack with advantage. Yes, you do. Okay. Uh, that first one will hit because of advantage. Uh, you and you will take... Four bludgeoning damage. Oh, I was muted. I, I was asking what the roll to hit was, but too late. It was another 23. Oh, yeah. So. No way to help. <laughs> Sorry. No, it's all good. And then... Actually, Melian did... Uh, and my brain is just fried at the moment. Did one of the vines hit you last time? Nope. Okay, good. Then I don't I need to do... I got spat on with poison. Yeah, then I don't need to do a constrict. The second vine will try and attack you, and that that that's a ten. And the third vine will try and attack you with a 16. Keep in mind they get advantage regardless. Yeah, until the until my next turn. So they're all going to get advantage. That one is a 21 to hit you. AC, when it 
is it meat or beet? It is meat. Uh, so that 21 will hit you for seven bludgeoning damage. And the last roll will not uh, succeed. So two vines have now attached themselves and have wrapped around you. One wrapping around uh, one of your legs and the other wrapping around uh, a bit of your upper torso. But you're still right in front of the creature. You're still uh, able to attack it. Okay. And with that, it is Quarry's turn. Quarry, would you like to dart downstairs? Uh, first, I would like to take a torch out of my pack and light it so that I can see where I'm going. That's true. You yeah. have a fire right next to you. Uh, so yeah. Thank goodness. I'll... For the sake of getting the whole party into the room, I'll allow it, and you are now standing next to Faleth. Excellent. Now, the other half of the vines that are holding on to Yovan are going to go. They are going to first constrict. Yovan, you will take four bludgeoning damage. With a sickening crunch and snap, um, Yovan's limbs contort. He goes unconscious. Oh no. Oh Shit. no. <laughs> Shoot. Uh, well, luckily, the vines that are attached to you uh, constrict, uh, and then they start to pull Jovan's body towards the mound. Well, crap! So, Jovan releases a strangled cry, and there is a probably a very sickening snap as his leg twists in a way that it shouldn't, and his arm is wrenched down, clearly popping out of the socket. Uh, and he collapses to the ground and is being slowly pulled across a thin trail of blood behind him. And with that, Faileth, it is your turn. Well, this isn't good. Alright, um, I am going to not do the thing I planned to do because I didn't think he was going to be unconscious. I'm going to attack I don't know if it's better to heal him or to try to free him. I'm taking constrictor damage so if you heal me I'm probably just going to go unconscious again. Yeah, but you won't get constricted damage and lose two automatic death saves. Ah, that is fair. Which is what I'm really worried about, is that if it gets you more, you're going to, you know, die. I don't have any bonus action healing, because... Well, well this might be cheesy a little bit. I don't know if I can weigh in. I have three yet to make. I haven't made a death save yet. Or do I make a death save yeah, as soon as I go unconscious? Yeah, but if it hurts you, you lose... Nope. You automatically fail two. Oh, you fail two. Oh, yeah, never yeah. mind. Well, yeah, so, so if the two... Because aren't there two vines on him? Yeah, so in yeah. this case, he'll take... A death. So, anytime that a creature hits you while you're unconscious, you automatically take one death saving throw. So, if a creature okay. has three attacks, uh, you take yeah, you get a failed death saving throw. So, if a creature has three attacks, you'll take three automatically. In this case, there's two vines attaching to you, constricting. So you and sorry. So on David on on Jovan's turn at the end of this round. You, you'll roll a death saving throw, which could be one success or it could be one failure. And then come that creature's turn, 
you would then immediately take two failures. Yeah, I'm gonna heal you, because the chances of you dying are, like, a thing. Uh, yeah, so I'm going to run up to Yovin and go, Sorry I didn't take this seriously, I figured you guys had this one! Uh, and I'm gonna cast Cure Wounds. So you're going to get... 15 hit points back. Heck, bless. It's as much as I could possibly give you. Nice. That's a good chunk. Have anything that's a bonus action. I guess what I will then do isn't bardic inspiration. Isn't your summoning your isn't calling on the spirit like uh doing your rolling for us on the spirit table yes. a bonus so I'm action? Gonna, I'm gonna do that now. I was just looking at all of my other stuff. None of this is bonus actions. Uh, anyway, let's roll a d6. That's a two, which is warrior. Let's me make a spell attack against the target as an attacking spectral warrior briefly appears in an unoccupied space within five feet of the target before vanishing. Uh, so you will call up that same... When you use this, you'll call up that same black knight that you called up earlier when fighting the stag bear. Excellent. I mean, there's no time like the present. I'm going to uh, <laughs> say, hey... Black Knight, can you, like, chop through these vines that are holding my friend? Uh, and he is going to appear, and he's going to attack those vines. And he's going to do... 2d6 plus... 5. Okay. So he's going to do 16 damage. Uh, does it have Force to make damage. A, uh, Wait, does it have... Do you have to... Don't you have to make a melee spell attack? Um, it doesn't say that. It just says... Doesn't it say you recount the story of a renowned duelist? Uh, yeah. make oh yeah, it does say attack. a melee spell attack. Okay. Never mind. I was reading below that. Hold on. No worries. Oh, I shouldn't roll 2d. Uh, that is a, an 11 plus 7. That will hit. Your, the Black Knight briefly appears. Her hair swaying in a spectral breeze as her helmet is off this time, and she just brings her greatsword down upon these vines and almost cuts through them. It looks like they're hanging on barely by a thread. Ugh. And with that, it is the central dragonspore's turn, and it is going to try and make a, take a bite out of Melian. And the highest it got was a 16. Uh, oh. So it is going to try and take a bite out of you, but as it does, you either sort of move slightly to the side or the, the vines that are wrapped around you jerk you slightly out of the way. As if it didn't exactly know what the vines were doing. And with that, it is Yovin's turn. Yovin, you have been... You are sort of like half on the... F you're, you're prone on the floor. Vines still wrapped around you and as you open your eyes you see a flickering spectral night that then that has just fades away in front of you Jovan won't spend too long uh, considering the omen uh, and instead uh, focus on disentangling himself from the vines uh, acrobatics <laughs> right. So that's going to be a, a 7, 10. I'm, I'm going to burn some excellence on this because I would really like to not be... Yeah, let's go all in. Um, adding an extra 
3d4 to that roll. So that's going to be an extra uh, 6, so 16 total. Yes. Uh, you break... You are able to get the vines off and roll back. Are you going to move away? Yeah, I'll just scramble on hands and knees as far as from plant as possible. You will move 15 feet from the current position that you are in. Okay. So you're now 50 feet from Melian and the Mound. Five zero. Okay. And with that, it is Melian's turn at the top of the round. Excellent. I had thought of getting cute and, like, shape-shifting my arm away so that the things wouldn't be grabbing me anymore, but it turns out that takes a whole action. Uh, and I don't want to waste my action on not attacking this thing, so I just attack it. Uh, still recklessly, because I have learned no lessons. Actually, um, if a target who's grappled gets pushed, what happens? Do both creatures move, or...? Uh, I would say it depends on how far the reach of the thing is how like is it going is it something that's being held taut is it something that has the ability to stretch okay um if it's not too late i i might take the opportunity to try to yank uh melian backwards to free him from the stuff that's bound, bound around him so you want to shove melian five feet towards yeah. you yeah, I'll, if Melian is okay with that, I will let sure. you try to do that. Though I think Melian has to make a saving throw unless he voluntarily voluntarily is going to fail this, but he doesn't know it's coming. Yes. Um, so he's probably going to pass, to be honest, because it's a strength save. But uh, it, uh, strength versus 14. Oh, yeah, I rolled a 19. Yeah. <laughs> you feel a gentle tug on your back. That, that's, actually, that's not true. I rolled a 15 and then added my 4 for the saving throw. <laughs> it was a 50% it was chance. I'll take it. Um, wasn't doing anything else with my bonus anyways. Uh, sorry, continue. I didn't mean to drop. Uh, I rolled a 19 on my advantage attack roll. That hits. Uh, in which case, it takes 6 slashing damage. Uh, and I, I presume it takes me. it would take me an action to try and get out of the yeah. grapple. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, so the two that are wrapped around Melian will go, so they will constrict. And ironically, Melian, you will take three damage, three bludgeoning <laughs> damage. Nice. It's not why, That's why, did, why are they rolling low on you and high on <laughs> Jovan? <laughs> uh, and then the third vine that didn't successfully attach itself to you last time is going to try and attack you. advantage and it will dart out uh, but it grabs onto its own vine <laughs> briefly it seems rather uncoordinated uh, and with that it is Quarry's turn I feel bad that we're fighting teenage Groot here but oh um okay I am holding a torch in one hand so I'm going to use my war pick um in my other hand and I want to I think rush forward and try to attack the monster, the plant monster, at the root rather than striking at the um, vines, hoping that if I kill it, it will just let everybody go. And that is a nat 20. Nice. That is a critical hit. Yes. 
Um, and as I hit, I would like to use my channel divinity to... No, no, no. I take that back because it's not going to be vulnerable to radiant damage. Let me, hold on, let me think about this. This was a silly thought. Are you wanting to do your vow of enmity? No, no, no. I wanted to do Searing Smite, but I... Oh, yes. Okay. It is the next time you hit a creature with a melee weapon. So, I have hit, and I'm going to use the Searing Smite. So, what what do you proclaim to call upon a soul's searing light? Uh, I think I will probably shout, Bring light to the darkness and free my friends! And so I will roll the weapon's damage, which is going to be... I should consider getting a better battle cry. <laughs> 11 uh, piercing damage from the war pick. And then it says... Your weapon flares with white hot intensity. 1d6 fire damage. That's 4. Because I don't double roll the fire damage, right? Yes, you do. <sighs> yes. Okay, that's a total of 6. 4 plus 2 is 6. A total of 6 fire damage? Yes. Do you not do regular weapon damage as well? I did. It was uh, 11 piercing damage. And at the start of each of its turns, until the spell ends, and the spell lasts for up to a minute, the target must make a constitution saving throw. On a failed save, it takes 1d6 fire damage. On its turn? At the start of each of its turns. Okay. The vine... So now we will move to the vine section that was previously attacking Yovin. Uh, they are going to flail about... Uh, and then strike towards Faileth, because now she is the nearest thing over there. Because of course I am. Faileth, what is your uh, AC again? Oh, crazy low. Hold on. Fourteen. So, the seven doesn't hit for the first attack, but I do have a fourteen here. Yeah, then. Uh, Jovan's gonna spend his last trick point and yell out a warning to Faileth. Um... So you briefly have 18 AC. Oh, hey, Faileth, watch out. It's coming for you. Oh, thanks, Yovan. And as you jump out of the way of that one, the third vine on that side darts out towards you and misses as well. Thanks to Yovan, you are fine. Well, that's a first. Thanks, Yovan. <laughs> Oof. Should we be rolling for emotional damage here? <laughs> No, I'm uh, saying it's the first that I didn't get beat up. Oh, oh. Not that it's the first that you helped me. <laughs> Usually I die when stuff hits me. And it is Faileth's turn. Excellent. Right, well, now that New Oven's no longer in danger of imminent death, I can, you know, kick this thing's ass. Am I within uh, touch of these things still now that the vines are gone? So the vines have, like, they've darted, they've so, they've darted out over to you. So, there are, like, they're around you, but you've dodged and made sure that you didn't get wrapped up in them. But I can totally grab one. Yeah, you could totally reach out and touch one of them. Well, good, because I'm going to do that. I grab one of the... I will say that they look really flimsy. Vines or the... Yeah, the, are, the are vines... Are we treating the vines as separate creatures from the giant dragon head? Oh yeah, they totally are. 
can I get to the dragon head? You are about 40 feet from it. Dang. That's fine. Um, I will move the 30 feet that I can move so that I can maybe get to it next turn. Um, and I am going to tell it, you know, we killed one of your kind before. I will kill one of them again, I'm sure. You got nothing on us, you leafy bastard. Uh, and it is now baned. Ooh. And that can affect up to three creatures, right? Yep. So I assume you are affecting all three. Oh yeah. Dragon head, viney whips, they are all baned. So they must roll a d4 and subtract the number rolled from attack rolls and saving throws. Uh, and then I am going to look at Yovin and say, Hey, thanks for helping me out there. And uh, give him bardic inspiration. Uh, Yovin will turn a shaky salute. And with that, uh, it will be the Dragonspore head in front of Melian and Kawari. Is it at the start of the turn that I have to make the constitution saving throw? Or the end? I think at the start. Well, it just says on each of its turns. Okay, so we'll do it at the start. And Bane also is for saving throws, right? Yes. Oh, good teamwork. Calculated. Do you know what the DC is? Oh, it's 11. Uh, well, so I rolled a 4 uh, on my die, and then I rolled a 4 on the Bane die. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> so it got a fat 0. Yes. Uh, so please roll the damage. That is 6 fire damage. The brownish dragon spore in front of you... Uh, quakes fire sort of like smoldering along it and you see the petals uh, that the two great petals that form its face the lower one just falls off and it twitches a bit and then collapses yes the vines on either side of the thing though are still thrashing oh that didn't quite go as planned and it's Jovan's turn Jovin's uh, gonna kick himself up against the wall, and as he stands, um, pull his crossbow from wherever he's got it stashed, and he's going to fire two shots into the heart of the thing. Towards the vines on either side. Uh, the dragon head, if it's still up. Oh, you just watched it fall apart. Then the vines on either side, whichever one's farther from his uh, teammates. Okay. So the first one is going to be a fifteen. That hits. Uh, oh, 17 proficiency, sorry. Still hits. And that's going to do 5 piercing damage. And then uh, as he completely pulls himself onto his feet, he's going to line up another shot. Uh, so the second one fun. is going to actually be against the other vine, as the first one uh, hits it and severs the vines at their center. Uh, and the next one is an 11. That, on the other hand, will not hit. Still getting used to having his uh, arm put back. And then as a bonus action, he's going to uh, yell out to Faileth to uh, back off there. Don't get too close to it. And spend bonus action to pull her towards him. Do you resist? Wait, what? Because you're right next to the plants. Oh. Sorry, I... Uh wasn't my turn, so I was looking up. Uh, and what am I doing? Um, 
I'm pulling you back five feet. Do you Yoven. try to resist? Uh, no, no. Yovan Pull has me. yelled. Pull. It's all good. Yep. Yeah, so Yovan yelled out to you to stay back, and then you basically feel this sort of, like, unseen force tug at the back of your shirt. Oh, actually, no, I can't do that. The second shot was a bonus action. Never mind. Oh. He'll still yell at you, but he doesn't give you any <laughs> That's my turn. Thank you. Uh, and with that, it is Melian's turn. The two vines that are wrapped around you are the only things that are thrashing. Uh, in which case, so the, and they're all they're both wrapped around like my left arm, right? Uh, well, yeah, one of them's I think wrapped around your leg, and the other's wrapped around like your upper arm and torso. Hmm. But there's still segment of vines in front of you. Yeah, yeah. I was just thinking, well, what I was gonna do is sort of grab them both in one hand so that I can just hack at them with the sword with the other. Um, but it sounds like that's not a thing I'm going to be able to do, so I just attack one of them. Uh, but still recklessly, because I'm very... Re I attack at the one that is on my arm, because I don't like it. That's a 15 with advantage. That hits. Good, I didn't think it was gonna. Uh, in which case, it takes 6 slashing damage. And also 6 slashing damage. <laughs> nice. So you bring uh. <laughs> you bring your blade down. You cut a you cut a decent chunk into it, uh, but you don't sever the vine. Yeah, and it. it is now their turn. Uh, so they will first constrict uh, and uh, deal eleven bludgeoning damage to you. Ouch. Yeah. Ouch. I'm not and, enjoying these things at all. Uh, the third vine that tries to strike you, it, it misses again. It is having a really hard time. I feel like it keeps striking out trying to hit you, but keeps getting confused by the fact that there's already vines attached to you. So, <laughs> uh, that's Quarry's turn. Quarry, you are next to Melian, and Melian's left side is wrapped with vines. Alright, I am going to bring my war pick down on the vines if I can. Okay. That is it. Oh. Um, a 19. That will hit. For 9 piercing damage. So you bring your pick down. Uh, it severs one of the vines, oh, uh, but the other vine is still holding on to Melia. Dang. We'll have you free soon in a moment. Faileth, it is your turn. Right. Um, I guess I better let Melian free, eh, then? I will slash at that vine with my bone pick. Never use my bone pick. Mostly because I'm not great with it. I attack. Uh, does an 18 hit it? Yes, an 18 does. Alrighty. Then uh, how much damage does this I don't think I've ever attacked with this thing. 1d8. Five piercing damage. Please describe the end of this uh, vine, of these vines that are holding Melia. Faileth whips her war pick off her back and says, Stand back, Melian! And slams it down, uh, severing the vine, and then gives it, like, a cool quarterstaff spin uh, and tucks it back into her uh, sheath and goes, And that's how you do it. We are out of initiative order. Yay! I think, Melian, I might be warming to your uh, thoughts on the druid. 
Indeed. <sighs> Druids are the worst. I mean, that still just is crazy to me, but if we want to kill this one, that's fine. I'm super down for that. Just gonna stand up fully and rub at his shoulder. Excellent timing there. Both of you, thank you. You're welcome. There was a... Oh, don't look too closely at the tables. There's another one of the creatures. Looks like the... Druid was... Experimenting or investigating or... It's grisly. I go look. <laughs> <laughs> is there any way for us to know whether he is... Uh... Helping these uh, animals become so strange, or investigating the cause. There were some papers Melian found. Hmm. Uh, yeah, Melian will pull the um, the giant wad of paper out of his uh, bag, where he stuffed them, and then sort of like awkwardly hand them to whoever has got their hands out. Uh, if nobody takes them, Quarry will, but there's definitely, like, a bit of an awkward pause while Quarry hopes that Yovan will grab them. Uh, Yovan might pick up on it and uh, hobble over and pick them up. The light down here is terrible. Shall we go above? I don't think there's anything else to find. Indeed. I could also use a few moments to bind my wounds. <laughs> oh, right. Do you need some healing, Melian? <laughs> I mean, he's covered in bruises, and, like, burns on his face where he got <laughs> poison spit all over him. Yes, uh, to the tune of like 35 points of damage. Want to see to that to ensure it doesn't scar. Uh, yes, that is obviously my main concern. I always forget that uh, Melian could technically run out of hit points. It seems like a strange concept. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we didn't get that close. Like, I still have 23, so that's why he's not like, hey, everybody, heal me. Because if we, like, take a sec, <laughs> then he's probably fine. But if we were to run into, like, another fight now, uh, and I don't use rage some more, then we're going to be in some real trouble. You took 35 damage, and you have three less hit points than I do at max. Suffer. Yeah, these would go a lot farther if I would judiciously use my rages, but nope. <laughs> you had to be all thematic. Mm -hmm. uh, in that case, by all means, um, there might be something that I can show you here. There was a room filled with uh, herbs. I, I... Yovan will light up. Oh, speaking of, I have stumbled across this. Um, and he'll pull up the, the vial full of stars. Oh! Also... Can't I? I can harvest this this uh, dragon flower again, right? Yep. Uh, so what I will say is that uh, would you like to? If you're going to harvest it, can you give me an investigation check? Yes, I can. Please tell me it was guarding some precious treasure. I I rolled an eighteen, which is a seventeen after. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so you're able to harvest it. But you notice that after you've pulled away a lot of the plant matter that's been packed around it, the vines were grafted 
onto it. Mm-hmm. As if someone was trying to enhance the plant. Uh, oh. Paladin, you may want to see this. Hmm. Well, what is it, Melian? Uh, if you see here and here, where the the vine growth does not match the plant's growth, I believe that druid may have grafted them on to create some sort of plant life abomination. That is most disturbing. I wonder if when Yovan reads the notes, we'll find that he is also responsible for creating these very odd creatures with the insect-like traits. Hmm. Perhaps. I suppose if that is the case, then curing him or killing him will solve some of the ills of the forest. Indeed. Shall we go up and uh, perhaps I can look at the herbs that the uh, the druid has upstairs and see if I can't uh, craft you some sort of healing salve or something for those acid burns. Ah, I would be in your debt. I will go take a look at what the druid has upstairs. You're gonna? Are you going to look at the cellar down here or the one up in the tower? Did anybody tell me about the cellar down here? Uh, yeah, that was the thing that oh. just told you. Uh, I guess I'll look at both. Okay, so in uh, the cellar down here, uh, you can find, it seems like a lot of different mundane uh, herbs, Mm -hmm. but ones that generally have been packed and need to be stored out of the light. Okay. The only thing of note that you find that's a bit strange is a small skull that has almost what looks like green vines or veins Hmm. running across it that appears to have been ossified. Um, can I do some kind of check to see if I know what a skull like this would be for? Sure. And what kind of a check would you like for that? Give me a nature check. And when I said ossified, I totally meant petrified. Weren't one of the things we were looking for, wasn't one of the things we were looking for a giant skull? Not a giant skull, just a skull. Uh, we are From looking like a for flower. a scola flower, which... That's the flower that's in the skull. Yeah. Right, okay. And we so have nice. the dire stag bear head that we needed. Oh, wow. Well, that's a three. You have no idea what would have done this. Uh, maybe just some strange chemical process? Yovan, have you ever... Likely the gods. <laughs> read about or seen anything like this strange skull. I caught my eye, but I hadn't looked too closely to it. Let me, uh, give it a proper look. Um, he over will go and inspect it. Um, lift it up with mage hand, turn it around, peek inside, that sort of thing. Looking closely at it, it looks like it has small little holes all throughout it, as if possibly vines or something had burrowed in throughout it, all across it. Before uh, leaving after. the green residue. Mm. Tracing across it. But the skull itself appears to have turned to stone. With the passage of time. Is that how fossilization works? I thought it had to be underground for that. Um, imagine. No, not petrification. Okay. Um, is there anything inside of it? No. Looks like if there had been, it's been cleaned out. 
Some sort of plant warmed its way inside. Before or after it died, Cass? You cannot tell that. Hopefully for the poor fellow, it was well after he was dead. And with any luck, we won't share his fate. Nothing but a gruesome token. Hmm. Did you find the herbs you were looking for? Um, Cass, there was nothing here for healing, right? Yeah, there was nothing here for healing. What I'll say is that between the upstairs and downstairs, uh, you can find you can find some sleep knot. Mm-hmm. About uh, six doses. Okay. Uh, and you can find uh, enough for four more doses of healing potions. Oh, okay. How many do I have total then? Uh, eight. Though it will take you a decent amount of time to make draft healing potions. How much? We're talking hours. Okay. I'll come back down and I'll say, well, I have the herbs that we need for um, a healing concoction, but I'm afraid it will take several hours to put together. Well, perhaps we do not take that time now, as I have a healing potion. Ah, well, yes, that's probably for the best, as I suppose we don't want to be here when the Mad Druid comes back. Uh, are we not expecting the Mad Druid to be at the uh, bandit camp? He came through here recently. That fire was less than a day old. I'm thinking, and this might be bold, perhaps we lie in wait for the druid. Catch him un unexpected. Hmm. It is an interesting thought, but we don't know how long until he returns, and I am concerned about old man Marsh. I think perhaps we've spent enough time here, although honestly I am not sure... How to interpret the riddle of the stump. It's late afternoon, Cass, right? Yep, late afternoon. Even if we were to figure out the riddle, we wouldn't be able to make our way to the bandit camp before nightfall as it was. You suggest we stay here? Set an ambush, right here. Catch the druid, the most dangerous element of the camp. Take the information we need, find our way to the camp, and get Marsh out. If he has not come by morning, I think we should set out for the stump again. I agree. Melian? Fela? Seems reasonable to me. Yeah, sure. I'm a, a little bit leery about taking yet another prisoner to find us to the bandit camp after what happened to the last. I would understand if there was some hesitation. I mean, this druid seems like an asshole, so not like Seth, so if he dies, I don't care. <laughs> I, well, <laughs> that clears that up. Seth. To sure be clear, be. I am only allowing the druid to live through my encounter with him at the paladin's behest. Even if it goes south and he dies, it will be one less danger at the camp for us to worry about, though finding directions out of him would be tremendously more helpful. More than just the directions, if he is able to help us unravel more of the mystery of the missing children and the dangerous weapons. He might prove a once-in-a-lifetime source of information. Indeed. Corey will start setting up to brew the healing potions, as it looks like we'll be 
staying here quite a while. The healing potions will be quite labor-intensive, and they will take quite a while. It's late afternoon, and we're spending the night here, I think. Is that right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, do I have enough time to do that, or is it like an all-day endeavor? Technically, the the bonkers crafting rules puts it at days to make them. Oh, Uh, well. That doesn't make sense, so uh, we'll instead say it will take... You can probably brew, like, out of the doses, two, you can brew two between now and tomorrow morning. Okay, that sounds more than fair. And as you guys are setting up for the night, as hours pass, uh, without the druid arriving before nightfall, Jovan, do you look through the pages? He'd probably go out of his way to, to take steps to obscure their presence first to make sure that the druid doesn't get warning when he arrives and um, only after he is confident that they'll have the they'll keep that advantage will he start going through the pages before they pass out what I will read to you from the pages is the corruptive insectification is spreading it keeps growing it is getting worse first the smaller mammals now the larger ones. I fear when it will spread to those of us who think with higher functions. I cannot understand it. They begin to act strangely, as if called by some unheard voice, like ants or queens, or ants or bees obeying their queen. I wish I knew the source. The wolves. They have begun to change too. This corrupted insectification. This specimen that I now take apart displays the traits of both ant and grasshopper this unholy abomination I wish I could understand what this means what is the source of this corruption my master is adamant that it is not his chilling touch and that is where we will end the session have a great night Thank you for listening to Roll With Adventure, where we bring you this story from our imagination to your ears. If you liked what you heard, please rate us on Apple Podcast and visit us at www.rollwithadventure.com. Our intro and outro music is Brave by Arcane Anthems. Thanks for the components of this episode's soundscapes. Go to zapsplat.com, Arcane Anthems, and Purple Planet Music. Full credits are in the episode description. We hope you've enjoyed listening. Bye! I'm really getting good at these, I think. (laughs) (laughs) That was a pretty good one. Yeah, I do have to agree with that. I'm worried that this episode is now going to be dramatic or sad in some way. (laughs) I actually keep doing these with the expectation that eventually you'll just start putting them in places where they're not supposed to be like it'll just be suddenly there'll be a transition from one scene to another and for some reason i'll just be singing some sort of music and i'm hoping to give a large enough library of those that whoever edits them will have the ability to transition from any scene to any other scene and have it be appropriate almost like coming back from the commercial break exactly (laughs) okay noted (laughs) sorry go ahead
Thank you, Jovan. That was quick work. Hmm? Alden, to whom are you speaking? Oh! <laughs> oh, let me do that again. Gosh darn being so law-abiding. There is no law in the forest. <laughs> um, no, it's fine. If, if Corey free... brings a law with her. With him. <laughs> yes. with I him. am with the it. law. <laughs> <laughs> with Corey, there would be, I am the law, if that's okay. If you don't mind. <laughs> <laughs> if Soul's fine with that. Ellie, you may want to mute while you're munching on chips. I am muted. Oh. Sasha? Sorry, I thought I was. <laughs> <laughs> it's popcorn. I apologize. Oh, man. My popcorn breaker broke, and I've been... Oh, my oh, God. That's like... a tragedy. I'm so sorry. It's, like, full of popcorn now, so I'm looking at it. It's terrible. I'll get to work later on. Um, we'll go around the corner, I was, full, was so ready for give me a dexterity saving throw. Yeah. <laughs> or give me your initiative. <laughs> As you fight this thing that's coming out of the mound. 